For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. Hello. 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 How do you mute out? How do you mute out? Just, just hit mute on your phone. But she's, she was gonna come. Hopefully, come on here. Star eight or anything? Excuse me. Not star eight. Or She's going to mute everybody out tonight. You, okay. Somebody last week. We'll, we'll, let me explain. Well, we'll wait. She, she will get on here. And then we're going to get the show going. Thank you. Okay, we're live. Hello, she wolf. Hello? Hello? Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. How about she wolf? Is she there? Who are you? I'm confused. Hmm? I'm confused. Is this... Is the show started? We're going to start it right now in just a second. Hang on. Oh, okay. We have to bring some other people in on it, and I will get going here. And did you say in order to mute, you hit star eight? Well, you you should just hit mute on your phone. I don't have a mute. (laughs) Well, don't worry. Mute everybody out uh, except for the one person. Julia, are you there? Not yet? Okay. Because I want everybody to hear what I'm going to... And I hope you guys are reading the, the books I put out there. I really Julia, do. Julia, are you there? 
Julia? No, um, guess not. Hello. All right. You ready? You off? Mm-hmm. You got any announcements to make? Um, not mm-hmm. really. I mean, nothing new. I mean, your announcement will cover what I was going to say. Okay. About, I mean, the, I mean, about what you about what you guys call yourselves and um we're going to let southern do the show we're not going to be having any more interruptions because last week's show was intervened by someone else which delayed us in bringing out some information to you that that could have been important so this week um without delay southern's going to finish up this one chapter and Anyone who doesn't understand anything that is said, please, within the first hour, I'm going to give you 30 minutes to ask your questions so that we can be thorough about this. And with that, I'm going to stay muted unless he calls me for something um, so he can push this through because I think it's been delayed long enough. Thank you. Yeah, 150 years. (laughs) Okay. I I hope you all have gotten a hold of that book. All right, military government and martial law. I hope you're reading it. All right, the United States in a, during the Civil War it never ended. Okay, so technically we've been under a military government since then. Everything that that has affecting your life today, from driver's license to passports, all right, everything, all right, including our court system. It's working under a military government, okay? I know a lot of people think this is crazy, but I'm telling you right now, when you start reading this book and you start understanding it, you'll realize it. The, the, the books you need to get your hands on is the um, Military Government and Martial Law. Then I put a 58-page book out there, okay, on property. Now, this book has got all the legislation and stuff that was passed during the Civil War, all the proclamations and everything. This book you need to download is on legal deception, and you need to read it. It'll tell you a lot about what's going on back then, called commercial intercourse, with an end states declared an insurrection and collections of the abandoned property, abandoned and captured property. Now, we're going to get into the uh, military government part here. I'm going to need some time, hopefully, to get into the other one a little bit. But the books you want to get are these two books. And you want to definitely get a hold of Army Field Manual 27-10. That is very important. A while back, I put a document out there about how they run uh, a government under martial law. All right, you need to find that document on legal deception. Okay, military is a belligerent occupation is the name of, doc, of it. You need to read that. You'll find everything that's going on in this country right now is going under these two docks. 
Now, what a lot of people don't understand uh, is you all sit out, everybody's sitting out here claiming that these people are breaking the law. They're not. They're not breaking the law. What they did when a government goes to war, it cannot use, go to war, and keep its, its regular laws. Murders, because everything you do in a war is illegal under, under, under the law. So what they do is they lay down their regular laws and they take up the laws of war. All right, 40 and 41 of the Libra Code tells you this, that the laws are suspended. Okay? Where to international law, where two belligerents stand, the laws of war prevail. Now, a lot of people think that's just on the battlefield. Well, let me tell you something. Let's say, for example, that Russia and the United States went to war. Right? The entire Russian country and the entire United States country would be operating under the international laws of war. Everything would be transferred over to those international laws. Now, a lot of people don't really get this, but I hope you do because your your remedy. I am I'm hoping that uh, this lady will come on, but I got she wolf here. Is in these laws of war. There's things they can do and there's things they can't do. I uh, and you got to remember these are treaties. That's why your laws are, are don't aren't working. Everybody's going into these courts, yelling and screaming, I uh, that you know they're violating this, they're violating that. Now, if you get in to this uh, military government and martial law, this was written uh, by a judge advocate general in the 1800s. He knew what was going on. Now, we're going to go into Chapter 9. All right? Chapter 9, basically, the title says it all. Laws, obligatory, obligatory, Right within occupied territories. Now, when you capture a piece of property, all right, under laws of war, there's a couple things happen. One is that you become subservient to the occupier. Okay, but not just. But let me clarify that now. Your government becomes subservient. Things have changed the last hundred years. As with any military occupation, you are under the control of the military occupier. The laws are laid down or accepted. He has the absolute authority to decide which laws work and which ones don't, which one he will accept and obey and which one he won't. This is why we keep going into these courts, people, and I've been putting this out there for two years on legal deception, and everybody keeps saying, this doesn't work, this does work, blah, blah, blah. It's because they're out, they don't have to obey any of these laws. This, this judge may, may obey them, the other judge may not. But there's one thing they're all going to obey, and that's the laws of war. And if you don't think these judges, all right, and a lot of these these prosecuting attorneys and other people are fully versed in the laws of war, 
I'm going to tell you something right now. I'm trying to get a hold of a manual, a police manual called General Orders, and these people are absolutely, without a doubt, refuse to give it to me. I, I guess we might have to take it to the federal court to get it. Because I have a sneaky suspicion that it's an offshoot of the military manuals. That's why they say that we were never supposed to see it. But tonight we're going to get into this one little section here. Now, this is section, this is chapter 9 of this book. For anybody who's read it so far, you know what it says. If you're not reading this book, then you're missing out on your remedy, people, and it's that simple. Because it's, there's a lot of good information here, including Supreme Court case law on the subject. All right? Right off the bat, under 113, a territory subject to military government forms no part of the national domain unless by conquest, treaty, or appropriate legislation, all right, it becomes such. It follows that the laws of the United States of their own force and rigor do not extend over that territory, nor by the laws, nor by the laws of nations in either the civil or criminal jurisdiction of the conquering state considered to extend to such territory. That says it all. The laws do not extend where there is a conquered territory or war. It doesn't happen. I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm going to just jump through here. Uh, hold on one second. Hence, the ordinary jurisdiction of the dominant state does not extend to actions where the civil or criminal or originating in the occupied territory. The Supreme Court of the United States which is the law which governs an army by invading an enemy country. There's an interesting fact. The Supreme Court of the United States, what is the law? It is not the civil law of the invaded country. It is not the civil law of the conquering country. It is a military law, the law of war, and the supremacy over the protection of the office and soldiers of the army when the service in the field of the enemy's country is essential to the efficiency of the army as the supremacy of the civil law at home or in times of peace is essential to the preservation of liberty. All right? They're telling you, this guy is telling you people right here what, what they're doing. In the event of a military occupation, said Maine, this was somebody that I found out was on the Supreme Court, the authority of the regular government is supplemented by that of the invading army. The rule imposed by the invader is the law of war. It may, in its character, be either civil, military, or partly one of the other. The rule of military occupation is related only to the inhabitants of the invaded country. Now, <clears throat> does anybody here got any questions about that? I'll open up some mics here. So has anybody got any questions about what I just said? T-Wolf? Hello? Um, are you saying that the person who invaded the country will now own the people? 
They will own them? No. Okay? That, the laws have changed, and we're going to get into that. Okay. But, but they do not own the people. No, they do not own the people. Okay? Mm-hmm. In, in ancient times, yes. I, I, anybody captured during a war was usually made a slave and sold. They found out that didn't work because eventually they ran out of people to conquer, uh, and they ran out of uh, people to take people from. They started fighting with each other. That's part of the reason they they made these these laws of war, right? Another thing here. Um, the question here arises: What law is obligatory upon the authorities enforcing military government? Probably the answer must be the language just quoted the Supreme Court, the laws of war. All right? Now, these, these laws of war extend over everything. These courts are operating under military flags. All right? We went into that last week, and I told you 840-10. Okay? Now, you need to seriously understand what you're walking into. Everybody thinks you're walking into a civilian civil court. You are not walking into a civilian court. And I'm going to prove that to you here in a few minutes, which she will sell. All right, I'm going to read another part. All right. It is effect in, due to this effect by the American instructions, martial law, military government is herefore stated in a hostile country consists of suspension by the occupied military authority of the criminal and civil laws and of the domestic administration of government in the occupied place or territory and in the substitution of military rule and force of the same, as well as in the direction of general laws as far as military necessity requires this suspension, subjugation, and dictation. The commander of the force may proclaim to the administration of all civil and penal laws continue, whether wholly or in part, as in time of peace, unless otherwise ordered by the military authority. Now, like I said, everything in this whole section here refers to what is going on in these courts. All right? Here we go. On occupying a country, an invader, says Hall, Supreme Court judge, at once invest himself with absolute authority and effect over occupation drawn from it, as, of course, the subjugation of his will for previously existing laws, wherever such a substitution is reasonable and needed, and also the placement of the actual, replacement of the actual laws and judicial administration by military jurisdiction. We can't get any more plainer than that, boys and girls. I don't know what is. It is exercised, however, the ultimate authority of governed by the condition that the invader, having only the right to such control as is necessary for the safety and the success of his operations, must use his power within the limits defined by the fundamental notice of occupation and with due reference to the transient character. He is therefore forbidden as a general rule 
to vary or suspend laws affecting property and private person relations or which we regulate the moral character of the community. Okay? It's you up. Anybody got any questions on that? Well, we'll come back. What they're basically seeing here, people, is they can't regulate and deal with certain things. They're telling you all through this whole section here, they have no jurisdiction except under laws of war. Now, everybody keeps telling you, oh, you have to walk into this courtroom and you have to consent. Wonder why. They don't have jurisdiction over a certain certain person. They have no jurisdiction over him whatsoever. And we're going to get to that in just a few minutes. All right? Now, if you continue reading down here, like I said, I'm not going to go through the whole thing because I want to get on, on to other things. Let me find it. Are you, are you reading under... Are you reading... Uh, sorry. No, go ahead. Are, are you reading uh, Abandoned and Captured Property? Is that what you're reading from? No, I'm reading from the from general, from military, uh, government, and martial law. Okay. All right. May I ask a question? Yes, ma'am. Uh, is this book cover the Libra Code? This book was written uh, as an uh, yes, it's covering the Libra Code. Okay. Would Would you refer to that as a? Uh, an occupation? Well, we never, the, the, the southern states never surrendered. All right? They never did. There's no peace treaty. The United States government would not allow them to surrender. That would have given them rights under international law. Okay? Uh-huh. That, they didn't want that. They didn't want that. All right? So they would not allow them to surrender. Uh, there is a document out there. I'll post it, find the site and post it out there tomorrow that came out in August of this year. All right? Oh, I'm my mistake. It's in 2016 of last year uh, that states that it, uh, from the uh, courthouse in Virginia that the peace treaty was never signed. Now, this came out in August. We've been telling people this stuff for 20 years. So the Civil War basically never ended. And these courts have been operating illegally under that Libra Code. We're going to get into other laws, uh, customary laws of war here, uh, very shortly, I hope. Does that answer your question? Hello? Ask again, since I was muting people out. All right. Uh, if you have any questions, just star six yourself and come on in. It, it sounds like we need to become private is what you're saying. We need to be, well, the public and the private are, are the, the, the lines are blurred. Yes, you're right. 
All right, if you get in, we're going to get into something in a minute. I'm going to tell you who they're supposed to be taking property from, and it ain't you. Okay. Chandler. It's, yes. It's Gloria. Did you say the peace treaty was never signed in the southern states? It was never signed by anybody. Okay. There's no peace. There's no peace treaty. Okay. Okay. All right. Ready for this? Yes. The jurisdiction of the courts extends first to all criminal cases, that which not otherwise provided for by law. Second, exclusive original jurisdiction over all civil cases which should not be categorized under the product, under the perfect and echolist, I can't pronounce that word, the uh, validity of the measures, no question, which arise during the period that the territory was held by the United States as conqueror. Right? The validity of the judgments of these courts right, has been sustained by the Supreme Court. In plain words, they can exercise certain things. Now, remember, this was under the this thing was written under the Libra Code. Alright? Now, I'll let you guys get into the rest of this. Uh, here's some something else we'll go into. The same rules governed within territories re- rested from rebels treated as belligerents. The decision of the Supreme Court of the United States had dispelled whether doubts at one time existed on the subject. In plain words, if you, if we were classified as belligerents in a rebel war, we stand in the same thing as a foreign entity. Remember, this: you people keep telling you that we're foreign to the United States government. As long as the war exists, that is 100% correct. All right? They become foreign to us. Here's, here's what I want to find. First, the martial law B, and the same is hereby declared to exist in and about all places occupied by the forces of the army or any and every military uh, purpose and in and about all moving columns and detachments of whatever kind. Plain words, if there is a military movement of troops and you go out and you get involved with them, get near them, uh, you're, in, you're automatically entering that area. That's your fault. Second, that all acts committed where martial law is here declared to exist either by officers, soldiers, or other persons connected with the army or by inhabitants or persons which are commonly recognized as crimes against society. Listen what this is saying. Or which may be done controversially of the established rules of war shall be punishable by a court of military commission. Third, among the acts that are punishable are murder, rape, malicious personal injury, arson, robbery, theft, wanton trespass, including also at all attempts to perpetrate such acts. Plain words, you don't see being pulled over for a traffic ticket in there, do you? Nope, it's not there. Fourth, the military commission under this order 
shall be appointed, governed, and conducted their procedures, revenue um, reviewed, and their sentences executed as nearly as practical in accordance with the court-martial provided that the punishment under military commission shall be othered. Description generally affects throughout the United States to similar offenses. As far as practical as far as practicable municipal law of the district occupied and all calls between the inhabitants thereof is not interfered with. They're not supposed to interfere with us. Uh, all right, from the, here's some, like I said, I'm skipping over a bunch of stuff. From the date of its occupation by United States forces until the end of the war, the city remained therefore a camp and the inhabitants liable to the subject subjected of the in every respect the summer military rule. Uh, now um You need to go in, like I said, we're not going to go very deep into this, but you need to read this, people. You really do. All right? Here's what, here's, here you go right here. This is the Supreme Court. All right? Like I said, uh, Tennessee. This is not, this is our courts telling us this. The right of a military occupant to govern implied the right to determine in what manner and through what agency such government is to be conducted. The municipal laws of a place may be left in operation or suspended or others enforced. The administration of government may be left in the hands of the ordinary officers of the law or these may be suspended and others appointed in their place. Civil rights and civil remedies may be suspended. You heard me. And military law and courts and the procedures may be substituted for them. Or new legal remedies and civil procedures may be introduced. The power to create civil courts exists by the laws of war in a place held by in a firm possession of a belligerent military occupant. And if their judgment and decrees are held to be binding on all parties during the period of such occupation, I, as the active the act of a de facto government. Where have you heard that before? No, this ain't got nothing to do with the United States government being uh, a corporation. No valid ground can be assigned for refusing to them a like effect. When pleaded in res, as res judicata before the regular judicial tribunal of the state since the return of peace. Now, like I said, you need to go in here into this book. It is telling you what is going on. Uh, let me ask a question here. And anybody that can answer it, hit your star six and come in. Name only the one power given under the Constitution for the United States government over the people. There's only one. Anybody know what that power is? Q. 
Mr. Wolf, you there? Hello? Only one power? Who? who, who? The government? What one power does the United States government have with the people? None. Yes, it does. One power. The uh, power to make war. The yeah, power to make war. Congress has the power to declare war. And they declare war on any damn body they want, including the American people. If you think I'm kidding you, go look it up in the Constitution. That's why we're, that's why we're huh? always at war. Well, that's what they're doing now. That's what you're saying they're doing now. Mm-hmm. But wouldn't that, wouldn't that, um, what, isn't that then overstepping, isn't that like tyrannical government, you know, to where the people well, have, are supposed to rebel against that? Well, the, the Civil War never ended. We're still at war. And this is what people don't understand. This, is, this has been the bull in the china shop in these courtrooms. This is why when you go into a courtroom uh, in, in, in South Florida and you put the paperwork in, you take it into a judge in Northern Florida, he don't have to see it. It's arbitrary. They know this. This has been their great secret. The same paperwork that works in Florida does not work anywhere, someplace else. That's why everybody keeps complaining about the same exact thing. There's, not, there's no unity, uh, unity in the law. There's no unity in the law because it's all been suspended. The judge, the judge sitting on that bench, he can make any decision he wants. Okay. Any decision. That's where they're getting this, this common law war from. All right? Under the Reaper Code. When people go into these courtrooms, like I said, they, they, they complain and everything like that. Well, what worked out with this court didn't work with that court and this, that, and the other. But now let me tell you something. We're going to cut off this out of this in just a minute because we're going to discuss something, and I hope by now that Julia's listening or Steve. And um, I got She Wolf here to back it up. I'm going to tell you guys some secrets. All right? Now, there are certain things. Hold on, man. Now, listen very carefully to this. I want to make clear something. The United States District Court had prize court power was early decided by the Supreme Court as such power was expressly conferred by the act of June 26, 1812. And of course, a case law here. Neither the president nor any military officer can establish a court in a conquered country and authorize it to decide upon the rights of the United States or of individual prize cases. They can't take prizes. The only one that, according to this, that can, all right, is the United States District Court. Um, like I said, you need to get in this and read it.
so so are you saying so so are you saying that that everything that's going on right now as pertains to what you're what you're talking about that there is some kind of legitimacy to what they're doing is that is that what like is that what you're saying you know it is all legitimate i've been telling people that for a long time they're not breaking the law they're just not using the law that you're trying to use on them and this has been, like I said, the bull in the china shop. These judges have probably, and these prosecuting attorneys have probably gotten a really good laugh at all us dumb fools out here over the years who have walked the United States codes in these courtrooms, the rules of civil procedure, rules of criminal procedure, rules of evidence, and then just sit back and say, oh, well, I don't have to listen to any of this. We're under a state of war. Okay? And as long as we're under a state of war, we've got people in uniform, carrying weapons in their hands anywhere in the world, guess what, people? It's not going to change. Well, all all these laws also are patenting for their protection, not ours. Well, it's for both people. All right? Now, the Libra Code does make a distinction between public property and strictly private property. I'll give you hint words here, people. Strictly private property. Okay? This here book also makes a a very big distinction between civilian and citizen. Um, Can I make make a comment? Go ahead. Um, In the courts, in the the courts, like, when you're, when, when, when attorneys and lawyers or whatever are walking around in the courts and all that, they refer to people as civilians. That's the way they talk about people. When they when they talk about other people that is not a lawyer or there's not a judge or that doesn't work in the courtroom, they talk they 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 call them civilians. And I I always found that funny, but that's what they call them as civilians. Well, I'll let you a little secret. They can't because they have no jurisdiction over a civilian. I will show you that where that's at here in a few minutes. Like I said, there's the books. These three books you need to get in and start reading is this military, uh, military, uh, government and martial law. You need to get in that property book and field manual 27-10. Because guess what, people? On the next show, we're going to go into that field manual. The other one you can read at your leisure, all right? Because it tells you all the proclamations. Everything that, that was done by President uh, Abraham Lincoln, uh, and, and we're, we're going to get into part of that here in just a minute. All right, here, here's something that is very interesting. Um, the statutes in ethnic language declares that the armies of the United States right, shall be governed by the rules and articles of war. They equally apply whether the force be operating abroad or within the United States territory. All right? This is a Supreme Court decision. All right? Rights of the government to wage war, all right, of conquest, conquest, and the right which both experience and judicial decisions have confirmed. These people are telling you Constitution empowers Congress to make rules for the government and regulations of land and naval forces. Bottom line, 
these, these, we're operating under these laws of war. And like I said, you can keep walking this stuff in the courtroom. And I know with these people, they got all this fancy paperwork with the United States codes and stuff. You can keep using it. That's fine. All right? She Wolf, you there? Yes. I told you once about to put a word into a document. I don't even know what you wrote yet. I haven't seen it. Down in uh, your court case in Miami. What word was that? I invoked my right as a civilian. As a civilian. Yeah, and then I got a special number on my case, which was number 99. I asked the lady, you know, you just gave me a 99. And she said, because you're you're the 99th person to come through this door as a civilian. And this is another side of the court in the last 200 years. So the magic word was civilian, and I'm the 99th person to enter that courthouse as a civilian. In how, how did years. you say it? Huh? How did, how did you present yourself? I invoke my rights as a civilian and a member of the protected class of people on this land. Now, let me And I put here. a dollar on my paper and I put an injunction against seven departments that are commercial, which are the police department, the property appraiser, the bank, the courthouse, and uh, you see, I didn't have to go before the judge. What I did was I invoked my rights as a civilian and I wrote an order, like an injunction. The clerk honored it and issued six injunctions against all six agencies. I mean, that's a question here. Do you guys ever read the Constitution? Last week, no, not last week, two weeks ago, I I read a thing called the militia doc to you guys. Hold on. Hello? I read a thing called the militia doc. Hold on one second here. I want to pull it up. Because um, <laughs> uh, I want to read something to you. You guys have been looking for a remedy, right? All right. <coughs> Hold on. One second here. Anybody ever read the Constitution? What does the Constitution say? United States Constitution, Article 2, the Executive Branch of Government, Section 1, the President, Section 2, civilian power over the military. How many of you have ever heard anybody walk into a court and claim to be a civilian before? Citizen? Non-citizen? Inhabitant? Everything under the sun except one word, civilian. (laughs) If I'm I'm correct, after she invoked the civilian status, they started bending over and kissing her butt. Am I correct, She-Wolf? Yep, and I wasn't even present. I did it from another state, mailed it in. 
told them what I wanted, and it was granted. What was this case about? Foreclosure. Uh, foreclosure? Yeah, they tried to for- they foreclosed on me, and they were getting ready to sell my house. And I put an injunction on them. But I had to go in person, so I couldn't be there. So they, the, the attorney used that I abandoned the property because she couldn't... Um, like, she would send people, but because I had an injunction, they would just stand outside the property line. They wouldn't cross it. That's another thing. When I mm-hmm. when I put the injunction, the police or no one would cross that property line. My son would say, hey, Mom, there's people that drive by. They will not cross that mailbox. You put something else, I believe, out on the outside of that house. What, didn't you? Yeah, I put the injunction. And I put no trespass around the fence on all th- on all four sides in front in the front on the side of the house and in back. When it says no trespass, not no right. trespassing. You have to make your own sign. You have to speak in the present. That means no trespass. Like you know the signs they give you at the store. It says no trespassing. Well, yeah, it has to say no trespass. Remember, they use future and past language. That the courts never speak to you in the present tense, like okay. saying, uh, you represent yourself. No. I I am present here. If you look that at some of your documents, it always says greetings to whom receives these presents. It doesn't say you're pre- representing yourself. See, they speak in a language that is, is false. And it's incomplete. It's not even a complete sentence. It's not even in the right tense because it's to trick you. You're so talking about like part, part syntax? Yeah, yeah. Now, if you guys want to get real technical, then you would learn um, Judge David Wynn Miller's syntax program. But see, he's really got a high IQ, and he starts throwing these symbols in there. And that upsets them, and they begin calling them paper terrorists because he is beyond their comprehension. He, they, they're, they're terrified of him because he, he knows he cracked their language code, which is they're always speaking to you in a language as if they're going to do something to you in the future, or they're trying to talk to you about something in the past and make it present. And when you speak to them. You're also speaking to them either past tense or future tense. But you don't ever say, um, hi, I'm Bob, I'm present, for the matter. But you don't have to. Before you get in there, you got to invoke the rights of the civilian. Now, those of you who have asked for the remedy, 1940, in, well, let's go back. After the Civil War, 1899, 1907, uh, 1929, 1949, there were a bunch of Geneva Conventions written. They're out there on legal deception. I will hunt down the ones tomorrow that you need to look into. 1949. Everybody hear me? Yes. Yep. 1949. All right, 
Geneva Convention 4 relating to civilians in times of war. They gave you protected status. Hello, boys and girls. Guess what? You walk into that courtroom, they only got, you're assuming and there's an assumption there and an assumption. The presumption is that you're either a belligerent, a prisoner of war, or somebody they have authority over, which is a which is one of them in the government. Now, right when she invoked her civilian status, they had no jurisdiction over her. She's protected. This is what they never wanted anybody to figure out. Now, if I was you guys yeah, tomorrow... Yeah, didn't go before the judge. It, the clerk took care of all of it by herself. Oh, yes. Anyone here on this call who thinks these people right, do not understand these laws of war and what's going on, right, then you need to leave because they damn sure do. Okay? There's... A lot of things that we can do that will really throw monkey wrenches into them. And the only way they can get around it, does anybody here ever in the military? Yes. You, what is the penalty for a violation of a treaty under a national war? Hello? I don't know. They hang you. It's called high treason. And also, Ooh. when you say the clerk, the, the clerk did all the work, isn't <clears throat> isn't the clerk the real judge? Well, he's kind of the real judge. Okay. But the bottom line, all right, that judge can't see your case. Why not? You're he dead. Says, no, you're not dead. Did I see you dead? No, you're not dead. You may be missing, but you're not dead. <laughs> civilly, you got to understand, prisoners of war are civilly dead. Look it up. Prisoner of war is civilly dead. Okay? This is what they're not telling you. They're not telling you any of this stuff. They probably had a good laugh at all, all of us doing all this stuff. But no. Uh, yeah. Uh, I, I, I mean, I heard a couple related things. One, uh, Carl Lentz was saying that um, when you go in there and claim to be a flesh and blood person, they can't mm-hmm. even hear what you say. They're not even allowed to hear what you say. When you make that claim, you're like you're like putting yourself out of their game because they can't even hear what you say. Well, I know, I, people, I, who have, I know I, people who have tried that. Yeah, yeah well, Rod tried that. and. Um, <laughs> Yeah, right class. Yeah, right class, and you know I was working with right class behind the scenes, and he kept saying, "I'm a flesh and blood. I'm a flesh and blood." Then they gave him that psychological uh, evaluation. He said they want to give me a psychological, and I told him not to do it, but he he didn't listen to me, and he complied and did it. And then the, <laughs> the lady comes out and says, "He knows the laws." Therefore, he can defend himself. 
right? Well, he knows the laws. All that meant was we're going to really punish you since you know our laws. Wait a minute. At the very end of the trial, what did they tell Ron? They told him him something very special in the paper. He said, I never said you were dead, Mr. Class. I said you consented. Now, and that's why we did what we did. Huh? Listen very carefully to what she's saying there. He consented, all right, to be under their jurisdiction of that military court. Mm-hmm. I want you all to pay attention to what I'm about to say. Who is the new attorney general? The new attorney general, Loretta Lynch. What part of attorney general? All right, do people not understand? She's a military officer. The other side yeah. of the military, all right, is a judge advocate general. She's the attorney general. In your state, you have attorney generals. Okay? They operate under who? The governor. Who's the governor? Commander in chief of the military. Who does Loretta Lynch, the the Attorney General of the United States, operate under? The President. Two weeks ago, we went into the laws, and I told you what, what who was a civilian in this country, okay? Under that militia doc I wrote up. We went in and dug it all out of the codes for you, United States codes. The head of the departments, right? Hold on one second here. I'm going to pull this up. Another thing uh, I heard uh, recently, I posted a a video on the wall there, and the guy was kind of, I guess he was upset, but he had a lot of interesting sights. And he was saying that the all caps name is what they call Nam Dugir, which is the war name. That's why the lawyers and all those people, whenever you see the papers and the judges, it's always all capitals because that's their the that's the warring name. That's called the Nam de Gear, which yes, is the warring name. So they're so they're telling you that's what they're doing. You know what I mean? Has anybody, have you ever looked? Don't mean to cut you off. Have you ever no. looked up Capitus Dominius Maximus? Yeah, I've seen that. Yep. Yep. Capitus Dominius Maximus. And a judge actually yep. told me on the phone when she called me. If you remember my story that I gave yep. her a declaratory judgment, she said, well, I think today you're a ward of the state. And I told her, no, I'm not. You're a ward of the state because I didn't really? know I was talking to a judge. And um, we had some pretty choice words to each other. But, you know, the next day in court, she pretended that she never spoke to me on that phone the day before. and We were cussing each other out. Because you and I both know that judges do not ever call your phone. But I don't know how. Maybe it's just the luck of the Irish. I'm not even Irish. But <laughs> I've had two two judges call me 
one judge retired, but he would always call me to warn me that I'd be in trouble, like for something that I might have written in my papers or something was missing. He would warn me, hey, um, he was telling me, you just messed up something. You know why? Because he was trying to tell me that I needed to be in court, that I needed to see something. And then he says to the clerk, ah, forget it. Tell her I'm retiring now. He was letting me know he wasn't going to be on the bench anymore. He was trying to help me. Why? Because I'm a civilian. Every time I go in there now, I'm a civilian. And um, they have no authority over the civilians. Um, Section 802 of the the Patriot Act says, you know, the coercion and, and, you know, the wrongful acts against the civilian population shall be punishable. The problem is, is that when we go to court, you know how we consent? Because we don't, we have to rebut their presumption. As soon as you go in there, you know, before you walk into a courtroom, I think, you know, like I said, you're going to counterclaim them. And you got to write down that you're a civilian. I wrote that on my first line of the paragraph. I said, I wrote the preamble, and then I wrote, um, I invoke my rights as a woman and a civilian and of a protected class in this country. And I order you to um, uh, put an injunction on this agency. I gave them six agencies. I put one stamp on it. I signed across it in purple and dated it below. And I turned the paper over and signed there, too. You have to turn your paper over and sign it. I, well, somebody told me to sign it on the top, but and I did. I see some people sign it at the bottom. You know, it's your choice because you got to sign it in the back as well because the judge can just turn the paper over and say, I don't see anything. I don't right. see an order. You know how they're always doing some kind of dirty trick. So I turn my papers over, and you sign them because that keeps it on the civilian side of the case. Okay, people? This is what I was reading somewhere a long time ago. It said, by signing the back of the paper, it keeps you on the civilian side and will not allow them to put you back on the martial side. Okay. Let me add one thing to that. Underneath that signature, make sure you write non-negotiable autographs slash signature. Mm-hmm. They can't yeah. sell it. Yep, non negotiable. And you know what else too? I don't write I don't write without prejudice. I write with prejudice. Because everything you yep. people do is without prejudice. And you know what happens when they do it without prejudice? That allows the next lawyer and the next lawyer and the next lawyer to keep coming in and suing you. So mm-hmm. when I write something now, I write it with prejudice. Okay. So would the name change help then now, or is that mute? Well, we're what? we're still working on that. Oh, okay. Yes, sir. What about the name change? Yes, because I was wondering if um, the, the question I had was, we had a thought was, wouldn't the name change be last, first, middle? But that's also military. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Um, I think Jane put something up on the wall today about the name change, you guys. And, you know, something she wrote, she she posted this, I don't know, I think it's from some United States website. It says to begin using a new name, you just simply begin using it. And once people begin to know you by that name, 
you can give notice to the court that that is your name. What site but is that? You know what? Um, I was talking to the passports. You know, you get the passport. Yes, ma'am. And I was telling the guy, you know, I don't have anything to give you because my name was changed when I was a kid, you know, by a judge. And I've never used the name. And what am I going to do now? You guys need a name for a passport. He And he said, you know, like, you know those witness papers that they have for the passport? Like, you get two witnesses to say who you are? Yes, you need one. One and witness. He, well, I like using two witnesses because... Biblically, they always use two. That just solidifies your 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 statement. But um, also, he said that if you started using a name, say you have a new name, or you know, like people have a nickname and they they've always been called by that name. He said once you've been using it on your documents for five years, that is your name. I'll let you know another little secret. There is a maximum of law about two witnesses. All, right, all civil actions have to be verified by two witnesses. Mm-hmm. Every time these cops bring you into a courtroom and they and they open their mouth, they better have somebody else to back it up. Okay? Now, we're going to get into this book, this other book here, for just a minute. All right? Three things that were passed in the 16, 1860s. I'm not going to read out of the book. I got this on a uh, Whitfield versus United States doc. I put several things on there for, for everybody to, to read. All right. The Act of 13 July 1861 provides for the seizure of ships and vessels belonging to citizens of states engaged in insurrection found at sea. All right. By the Act of 6 August 1861. Property sold or given with intent to use or employ the same for the purpose promoting insurrection. Promoting the insurrection is made subject to price or capture. This is the interesting one. Act 17 July 1862. The property of persons designated by six enumerated classes is in a certain category subject to confiscation. Hold on one. One second. We're going to get down here in a minute. We're going to read those six classes. What, what was the name of the book? I'm sorry. What, what's the name of the book again? So I can write it down because I'm gonna that 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 you were reading from. The one that I just the the first one. The first okay. one. Uh, uh, military government and martial law. Military to it. The link to it is out there on Legal Deception. It can be downloaded into a PDF. It's like 600 and something pages. I couldn't uh, download it to the actual uh, Legal Deception website, but I have the link out there. Okay. Okay. It's, now, the other one is in Legal Deception. All right. It's like the second or third one down dealing with property, with abandoning and confiscated property. On the phone? Excuse me. The the you talking about abandoned and captured property? Yes, that that book. Okay, I was just interested in that first one that when you when you first started and how you were reading. Um, I I didn't catch the name and I wanted to make sure I I I you know I I 
download it and and check it out, you know, uh, copy it or whatever, so I can so I can read it. I want to make sure I do that. And that link is you said that the link is on on Legal Deception. Yes, a link to us. I couldn't download it. I tried. It was okay. Where where about is the link at? It's on. It's uh, it's uh, there on the page of Legal Deception somewhere. I okay. downloaded oh. it. I po- reposted it there this morning, so as everybody could go and get it. But you, okay. you, this book was written by, like I said, um, the. Uh, uh, the United States military, the judge, a judge advocate general. So you're getting this from a good source of what's going on. And mm-hmm. everybody needs to start realizing that we have remedies. The problem has been that we're trying to fight these people with laws we're not using. And as long as we keep walking around here, letting them assume and presume that we are some belligerent uh, prisoner of war, or somebody like that. They're going to keep on doing it, people. Remember, they don't yeah, have to tell you. They're not even playing. They're not even playing by the rules because their game is this. And Anna could tell you this. They Let's say you go into court and you use one jurisdiction, they'll jump right into the next one. They'll walk out of that courtroom and come back in under another jurisdiction without you even knowing. I heard that, Nelly. I also heard that that they do that. That every time the judge gets up and walks out and then comes back, mm-hmm. he has another. He comes in as an on a, as another, you know, jurisdiction. I don't yeah, know what you jurisdiction. Would call it, but, so yeah. basically, your best bet is to claim civilian because they don't have the authority over any civilian. But Nelly, I wanted when, to tell you that if we were on the wrong path, like. This morning, I sent you guys the video. It came to me at 5 o'clock in the morning by a U.S. Marshal. I'm not going to say his name here, but I posted it on your wall this morning regarding the U.S. Marshal. That U.S. Marshal is my friend. I just didn't know it was him because he's using a totally different identity online. And he's letting us know he's on our side. Why? Because we're telling you the truth. The right, we're finally taking you guys to the right path. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm about to blow some people's Since when do uh, U.S. Marshals come in to give you a private message to alert you that internally their structure, they're burning down their structure as well because they know what's going on? Um, even Southern's been contacted by a U.S. Marshal for another reason. And we have been asked to put our documents in, um, what, what was that place, Southern? Scrib D? Yeah, Scrib wants to put uh, a lot of the documents I wrote up out there. Yeah, they, the owner wants to put it on. The owner of Scrib D wants to put all of our uh, documents, well, they're really Southern's documents. All I do is go in and baby them up. <laughs> <laughs> You know, yeah, I never said like, I was the greatest fellow in the world. <laughs> no, what I mean by baby them up is I try to walk people through the documents in a simplistic language or in layman's terms, but these documents and the way we're trying to teach you guys has brought in a lot of positive, I mean really positive, all the way up to military rankings are coming in and um, giving approval 
indirectly to us. They can't just come in and say, hey, you know what, you're doing a great job. They're letting you know this is what's going on on the inside, and we support you. We know what you're doing. So, I mean, a, a, a I, little something about mm-hmm. Scrib, just for your information. It, it, they're a mm-hmm. good site, but there's two ways you can post on Scrib. You can post mm-hmm. uh, that anybody can read any or all of your document documents or documents, and then there's another way you post there where people have to pay money to read your documents. So just so you know, I didn't know if you knew that about them, but it's your it's your work. So, but I mean that's the thing about them. So you might want to make it clear how you want to. If you want the stuff free for anybody well, to look at, you know what I mean? It's, That's It's Southern's work, but guess what? All that work belongs to the law. You know, like the way it was written? We're just exactly. pulling them up from their manuals. Mm-hmm. We're pulling it up from the statutes. We were pulling it up from ancient books. So we can't lay claim to the words, but we do lay claim to piecing them together into right. one fantastic piece of argument that cannot be challenged because they take these things and Southern's like a maniac. Once he gets into one book, he's going to go into like a hundred books. And <laughs> you know, it's almost like you're it's almost like you're codifying it, putting them all together. You know what I mean? Well, it's you know they it's quite a deception they've had over us. You know. <laughs> well, if you yeah. look at that military doc, you're going to see things in there from probably eight or seven or eight different um, United Horses. States codes. Yeah. Okay. That yeah, they got this stuff spread out and what I'm what I do mm-hmm. uh, is I bring it all into one one section where you can see it all and, and get it get it uh, memorized and understand it. Because mm-hmm. by itself it doesn't mean much. And their codes, you guys got to remember, too. They're using the code of silence against you. Oh, yes. Which means whenever you bring something up, you just stab them right in the heart. You notice Mm. that everybody in the courtroom stays quiet? Yep. I mean, you can hear a pin drop in that courtroom. That means that's for your information. That is a code to say you just said something that was so piercing you incinerated them, and they have to stay quiet. Otherwise, it would go into chaos. I remember one time, like I said before, I was in court, and I said something to the judge, and that whole entire courtroom of lawyers, and they were all Jewish. They all had little beanies on. They just stood frozen in time, and I'm looking around like, did I say something wrong? Nobody said a word, but then the judge comes in and says, no, I'm not letting him take your house. That attorney was so mad, he didn't say, he just said, but your honor, he goes, get out of my courtroom. Go work with her. He he stormed out of that courtroom, but, you know, they don't, they must have such a code of secrecy amongst each other that they have to keep, bite their lips if somebody gets them really good. Well, you got to understand something. We're dealing here under the laws of war. So mm-hmm. if they trace stuff to the enemy, which is us, okay, about what's going on, all right, that constitutes aiding the bed of the enemy under the, under treason, and they're subject to execution and being hanged. So, yes, they're going to keep their mouth shut, people. If, yeah, what did the attorney say? I can't tell you. He said, you knew what our punishment would be if I told you. 
He goes, and if I would have told you the process, he goes, you know, we have a penalty for that too. So what did you expect? Is he not lying? They're under a penalty too. Mm-hmm. If you are already in, in the middle of a court case, is it too late to invoke um, the civilian? You being a civilian? No. Mm-mm. You go in there and you call a hearing and um, you uh, go in and you'll say, uh, or you can write like um, counterclaim or claimant. Remember, I always told you never go in as a defendant. If someone has a charge against you, you better counterclaim it with, so you can have standing. Another thing I was saying about you um, being a assumed name certificate, you know, you better go in there and grab you that all capital name and, and file it with the county before you go in there so you can have standing. And then you file a counterclaim, counter-complaint. Right, and then you go in there. When you write your counter complaint, you're going to rebut. You're going to say, "I rebut." Then I'm gonna, um, look up uh, the twelve presumptions of law by the Bar Guild. That's exactly what it's called: the twelve presumptions of law by the Bar Guild. Right, and then you go in and you write the twelve presumptions. You rebut it. I rebut all twelve. You have to write them. I rebut this. I rebut that. I rebut that I'm a guardian. I the twelve uh, presumption of law by who now? The you're gonna the um twelve presumptions of law of the bar guild b a r g u i l d. Okay, I thanks. believe my I believe that the presumption of document I wrote up is on legal mm-hmm. deception. I'll check tomorrow and see if it's out there. If not, it yeah, will we, be by my side. Now, yes. when you do, oh. here's another thing you do. Um, mm-hmm. When you write your counter complaint, you write the preamble. Take the par- go online, look for the paragraph of the preamble. Right. You put preamble. that first. Okay. And then below it, you write, "I invoke my rights as a civilian woman on the land, um, okay. and require the protections of this court." As I'm supposed to be protected, and then that's it. You then you tell them what you want. Then you do the rebuttals. I rebut this. I rebut that. But well, okay, but if, if I haven't done a counterclaim and I'm still in a case, can I still do that? Well, like, what kind of a case is it? Um, foreclosure. Yeah, you can. I I did I mine mean, after this they went on. Every this, time I write up, um, file something in the court, I can always start off that way, right? Yes, yes. But listen to this. I already had my house foreclosed, okay? Because I told you I couldn't make it to court. I was in another right. state, and they foreclosed, right? Right. So what I did was I said, "Darn it, they foreclosed on me. They're not. You know, I kept saying they're not going to win. So what I did is. I did a counter complaint, and right. I wrote counterclaim, and then I wrote my first name only. Com- I wrote complainant, but then I wrote the preamble. Then I write, um, you know, I invoke my rights as a civilian woman on the land, and and I wrote on my um, notice below the notice. I wrote estoppel, and this estoppel is to take effect on the date of delivery, and I said the stop shall be for, and I wrote the police department, their address, their phone number, the property appraiser, the tax assessor, the courthouse itself. I wrote it to um, the, the lady who was going to evict me from my house. 
Um, I wrote it to the bank. So four months went by, and they were furious because they couldn't get around my estoppel. And they were saying, but we paid already. We paid for the house. The bank is fighting now. And you won't. And the judge said, can't do nothing. So this lady comes in and says, oh, well, she has to present herself. She asked for a five-minute meeting with the judge and said, okay, this is what we'll do. If she doesn't come to court in this next hearing, we shall presume, you see, presumption, mm-hmm. that she abandoned the property. So I couldn't go. I was sick. I didn't go, so he had to stop the estoppel. Otherwise, guess what? You won't be getting into that house. If I would have came there, then that would have been it for them. They would have lost the house again because I would have taken it by force as a civilian. So it's never too late. Trust me, a lot of people keep saying, oh, you know, in the lower court, well, guess what? When I counterclaimed them, that's when the clerk told me, you're number 99 in the last 200 years to ever come into this court um, as, uh, uh, you know, she didn't tell me that I was a civilian. She just said, you're the 99th person to enter this door in 200 mm-hmm. years. Nelida, how did you how did you invoke how did you say that you invoke your right as a woman or a man on the land? No, no. I have to say a civilian. I invoke my a right as people. a civilian. A civilian, comma a people of the of a protected class. I invoke my right as a civilian, a people a people of a protected class. Hold on, before you go pushing that protected class or people. You need to pull up the 1949 Fourth Geneva Convention relating to civilians. You need to read that thing. Of course, yes, yeah. I know it. I, I, but I'm just, yeah. I want to. The reason I'm asking her is because I, I want to get this down, and then so I can see exactly what you know what I'm saying. So I can use it as a guide, like to see what. But I was really interested in what you were saying right now. Like, I mean, the way you said it, you know. And you know the the preamble, and then invoking you right as a civilian. You the, yeah, you write the preamble because the preamble came before uh, the the Constitution. You know, you gotta you have the Declaration of Independence. Yeah. And you know what? Thank the Lord in heaven that He's always putting the right people in our in my um, path. You know, um, an attorney gave me that. They said, "You want to know how you get into the court? Any court." I got into the highest court in Tallahassee. She said, you got to put the preamble in there. That makes them real mad when you do that. They'll take your challenge, right? So I wrote the preamble, and she wrote some most of the stuff for me, but she had me do all the legwork. Like, she's an attorney, so she gave me rights to go into um, – she gave me her password to go into uh, – uh, what's that, LexisNexis? Yeah. She made me look up some cases and everything. I'm a, but I never forget what they train me. See, I'm a clerk, so I learned everything that they teach me how to write the case. Okay, write the preamble. Okay. Yeah, and you then, put the preamble. Listen, you're going to write on the top, notice. You're giving, you're giving the court notice. Right. And the notice is going to say order for estoppel, right? Then you put the $1 stamp on the right-hand corner of the paper on the on the cover page that you're writing the order, okay? You write your name across, mm-hmm. diagonally. 
you write your first name only. Write the date right below it. If you can find a dark purple pen, so be it. Do not use black, but you can use blue blue as well. If you, if you can um, find a good writing, writing pen, then you turn the papers over and you sign the back of each page. You, I did it on the top right-hand corner. You can do the top, the bottom right-hand corner because I saw that Karen Hudis, on one of her documents, she was signing the back of the bottom right-hand corner. It don't really matter. My papers were honored that with that $1 stamp, I got six injunctions. What, what papers are you talking about? Just a regular paper? Your court papers. Oh, the court papers. Okay. Yeah, when you're writing, see, listen, what happened here is now, remember, I went to the civilian, right? So the judge didn't order, honor my order. The clerk did. She sent me a paper back showing that all six of my injunctions were honored and on the clerk's file. Maybe if I can, if I can pull it up, I'll show you that. I think I still have the printout. I downloaded it, I think. It'll show you that all I got six injunctions for one dollar. You also want to accept the oath to the Constitution, okay? And you want to remind them that the civilian power is. Yeah, over you the could military. also probably put that too. I accept again? all oaths and bonds. You said you you said what now? You accept your oath to the Constitution, and what happened? What that mean? Hello? Southern. Southern. Hold on. Let me see a piece of the Are you back, Southern? Well, what you do, I guess maybe his headset is probably messing up. What you do is you accept... You can write on the, on the third line in the paragraph. You write, I accept all oaths right. and bonds right. um, affiliated to the Constitution of the United States and the state Constitution. Whatever state you're fighting in, tell them that you also accept their oath to the state Constitution. Remember, you've you got two jurisdictions running, trying to right. run a train through you. So yeah. make sure you don't leave out the state. Right, but he had said something. But he was getting ready to say something behind that. Yeah, Southern, are you back? Yeah, you ain't gonna, you ain't gonna believe this. I just got my call dropped. <laughs> oh, okay. I was like, where are you going to? Can you repeat uh, that what you said admit, about the Constitution? You, yeah, you might want to also remind them that the civilians, all right, are over the military. You, you can also. If I could reiterate, you could also ask them for their foreign registration statement as well. They hate that. And you can also, also, like if you're going to go to trial, um, there's a document. I'm going to pull it up. I just pulled it up the other day. You know, you can ask some questions before you go to court, right? And... It's like a motion for discovery, but this is a different thing. It's like um, you're going to ask some questions. I forgot what it's called, though. I already have one prepared. I used to get documents from the courthouse so I can learn how to use them. 
and um, yes, with permission from my boss, um, I would ask them, have they pledged or taken an oath to Yom Kippur? Uh, the judge or anyone in that courthouse has taken a pledge to the Yom Kippur because if they did, that means that they're able to lie to you through their teeth and they will be forgiven. If they did, they they have to recuse themselves from the case. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, could you you repeat that? You can ask them, have they taken a pledge to Yom Kippur, the Y I think it's called Y O M K I P P O R or K I P P E R. I'll look it up and I'll you write are. tomorrow yeah, I'll do a post on that. And what does that mean? Yeah, that's what a it Jewish means holiday. Is that they've taken a pledge. It's, I think it's K it's Y U M K I P P U R. Um, listen, people, if you don't get it, I think it's Y-O-M. Y-O-M. I think it's Y-Yom Kippur. Yeah, Yom Kippur. Yeah, Kippur. But listen, I'm going to post something about that. I have a special article about the Yom Kippur pledge that it says that when they do this pledge, they will lie through their teeth through the whole entire, they'll be lying to you about everything. Mm-hmm. And they'll deceive you, but according to them, because they took this special pledge, that they're forgiven for for their lives and stuff. So you can well, also yeah. do that to them. Well, under and the Jew, under the, the Talmud. Nelly, I have a question. Yeah. When you were when you were mentioning about the the preamble, writing the preamble, and invoking your right as a civilian, this is before you walk into a court, right? So, no, whenever I'm telling you right now, right? So you have a case, right? Okay. So you just enter that into the case before your next court hearing. You enter that in there. You can also fire the oh, judge. Oh, and I want to also tell you something else you can do that you guys probably don't even realize because I've done it many times. I'm not ready to do my case. I tell the judge I need to take a leave of absence. And I write an order, order for leave of absence. Um, I am not prepared or like in my case, I was sick. I told them I was not well and not able to come in. And guess what? The same day I file it, the same day the order was granted. The judges will be fair um, most likely, but people, the judge will not be fair if you cry, beg, and plead. That's right. They get mad when you start acting like a baby in there. They will run you over like a train. I'm telling you because they want you to be an adult. And you surprise them, trust me. I've seen judges smile in that courtroom. When you go in there with confidence, the judges smile. You really don't have to talk because, remember, your papers are talking for themselves. Do you ever see lawyers talking? Like I told you before, we've gone into a courtroom. Do you ever see them speaking laws to you? Nope. They don't speak any laws in that courtroom because they're not using any laws. That's the whole secret. They're not using no laws. They're using a billing and coding system to charge you. That's it, a billing and coding. Like if you were to go into a hospital and you stayed there for three days and you get the bill, it's like $39,000. 
and you look at it, you're like, wait a minute, you charged me $500 for a Tylenol? You're going to dispute it, right? That's what they're doing to you, people. They're charging you all these amounts. That statute is the charge. It's the name, and it's going to give you a little a little um, definition next to it, and it'll say $300 or whatever. I even gave you guys an example. Um, I posted one of my kids' cases, and I blocked out their name and showed you how they did a billing and coding. But, you know, I was thinking about something that we talked about today that I've been using a lot, and it's been working. I've been asking for a waiver with the agencies, and guess what? They grant me my waivers. I didn't even have to go to court, people. I asked them, um, this week we got like a 200 and something dollar bill in toll. And I went in and I said, can I get a waiver? I don't have enough money to pay this. And I've been gone. I was on vacation and stuff. And you know what the man told me? Sure, if you get an automatic decal, it's $20. I'll waive all your administrative fees, which was like $150 he gave me in waivers, and I only owed like 49 bucks. Did you pay him the coffee beans? You, huh? Did you pay him the coffee beans? No, no, no. I just got. I just asked for the waiver, um, and I like I said before. I also called that utility commission and told them, you know what? You're going to have to grant me a waiver. You are overcharging me. And for four months now, they've been paying my light bill. I think one, the other magic word is, before it goes to court, tell them you're in disagreement, why you're in disagreement, and that you need a waiver. You're going to see on this court case, I'll try to re-put it to the top again tomorrow. You're going to see one of my children's cases, and you're going to see on the sidebar, it says fee waived, fee waived. I think you have to ask for a waiver, people. Not a discharge, a waiver of the fees. Okay. So that's about for any bill? Um, when you're in court? Oh, in court. Um, okay. I was talking to Trial today. I was talking to Trial today, and she said that an attorney had told her, you got to ask the prosecutor to waive the, fee, the, the court uh the administrative fee that he's going to charge you. Then you write another one on there asking the judge to waive the court fees and, um, and I mean, and the, uh, what do you call it, the penalties. And guess what? They got waived. And she put it out. Don't you have to give a reason why? Yeah, tell them, you know, with what shall I pay you with? Say, I can't afford this. Okay. And the, and the waiver was granted. Okay. Why do we want to see? Remember, I told you before. Why are we trying to fight them? You're not trying to fight with them. You're trying to, what are you trying to do? You're trying to be an adult and settle the matter. Um, you asked me about the waivers. Yes. I asked for those waivers outside of the court 
I asked for one in November. My light bill has been paid all, all the way this month. They paid the bill. And I was shocked. I came home. I saw my bill was paid. And I asked for a waiver three days ago from the toll place, the tolling where I had like $200 in fees. And they waived it, and I only owed $49. Um, the rest of it was administrative fees. They waived all those fees, and um, they told me to call them tomorrow. I had three of them in collections, but they said, work a deal well out with them, and they would probably give you some more waivers. And I said, fine. Uh, let me get back to this right quick because I want to finish this up, okay? Yes, go ahead now. Okay. I'm going to give you all some facts. This document is out there on legal deception. You need to pull it up. Right, it's Whitfield versus United States. So like I said, I, I put some uh, different law acts in here so that you can read them. One is Congress, July 13, 1861, 12 statutes at large, right, 275, prohibiting all prohibiting commercial intercourse with insurrectionary states, but providing that the president might, at his discretion, License and permit it in such articles for such time and by such persons as You saw the noise in the background. Hey, um, can you guys mute? What, what do they have to press, though, then? Star six? Yeah. Okay. Okay, people, if right now, can you star six yourselves out until he's finished, and then we'll let you come back in for questions? Okay. Please. This act of Congress right here uh, is where you got your license for all your intercourse, your traveling, and everything else. All right? Right there. It's in that book. It's the act of July 13, 1861, 12 statutes at large. All right? This is where they start licensing everybody. Um, I want to look up one more thing here. Now, considering this is a ruling of a, of the court, right? Considering that the existing circumstances of the country allow a partial restoration of commercial intercourse between the inhabitants of those parts of the United States thereunto declared to be an insurrection. Is everybody still hearing me? Yep. Okay, because I keep hearing clicks. And the citizens of the loyal states of the Union, and exercising the authority and discretion confined in me by the act of Congress, approved July 13, 1861, I, I hereby license and permit such commercial act, I hereby license and permit such commercial act and intercourse in all states herein, the rules and regulations shall have been or be may be prescribed by the Secretary of Treasury, right, for the conducting and carrying on of the same on the inland waterways of the United States. That's where it started your license. There was another quote. Whereas in Congress of 1861, all commercial between the inhabitants of states should be Proclaimed and declared an insurrection against the United States, and the citizens of the rest of the United States were 
was prohibited for long as the conditions of hostility should contain, except in the same which shall be licensed and permitted by the president to be conducted and carried on only in the pursuance of rules and regulations prescribed by the... Now, I don't have the rest of that sentence, unfortunately. Oh, the Secretary of the Treasury, right? So bottom line is that's where your licenses are all coming from. Uh, I'm going to get down here and read this. You'd be surprised. All right. This is the act of uh, 28th day of August, 1862, and 31st of March and September 11th. All monies arising from the leasing of abandoned land, houses, and tenants, and from sales of captured and abandoned property collected and sold are in pursuance of said act or of acts or of or from fees collected under the rules and regulations made by the Secretary of the Treasury and approved by the Treasury, dated reciprocally, respectfully, the 28th of August, uh, 31st day of March, and 11th day of September. And under the any amendments or modifications thereof, which have been and shall be made by the Secretary of the Treasury and approved by the President for conducting the commercial intercourse, which has been or shall be licensed or permitted by the President with and in the states declared an insurrection, shall be after therefrom all necessary expenses to be approved by the Secretary of Treasury to pay into the Treasury of the United States all accounts of monies received or expended in connection with their uh, Therewith shall be audited by the proper accounting offices of the Treasury. So you want to know where your license came from? There they are. I want to get down here. This one last thing. Where is it? Run down this. All right, this is the Second Confiscation Act, July 17, 1862, an act to suppress insurrection, to punish treason, rebellion, by to seize and confiscate the property of rebels and other purposes. You, all right, you need to get in and read this document. It's Winfield versus United States. Like I said, I put several documents on this. This is where it's going to get you. Section 5, be it further enacted that to ensure the speedy termination of the present rebellion, it shall be the duty of the President of the United States to cause the seizure of all its states and property, money, stock, credits, and effects of the persons hereafter named in this section and to apply the use of same and the proceeds thereof for the support of the Army of the United States. All right, that is to say, of first, of any person hereafter acting as an officer of the Army or Navy of the rebels in the Army against the government of the United States. Second, of any person hereafter acting as president, vice president, members of Congress, judge of any court, cabinet officer, foreign minister, commissioner, or counsel of the so-called Confederate States of America. Notice the word judge in there, people. 
<clears throat> Third, any person acting as governor of the state, members of the convention of legislators, or judge of the courts of any of the so-called Confederate States of America. Fourth, of any person who having held an office of honor, trust, sounds like lawyers to me, all right, for profit in the United States, shall hereafter hold an office in the so-called Confederate States of America. The fifth one, any person hereafter holding an office or agency under the government of the so-called, so-called Confederate States of America and under any of the several states of the said confederacy and of the laws thereof or the laws thereof, whether of such office or agency be national, state, or municipal in any name or character, provided that the person thoroughly, fourthly, and fifthly of these acts above prescribed shall have accepted their appointment or election since the date of the of the pretended ordinance of succession of the state or shall have taken an oath of allegiance to excuse me or support to the constitution of the so-called confederate states six any person owning property in a loyal state or territory of the United States or in the District of Columbia, shall hereafter assist, give aid and comfort to such rebellion. All seals, transfer, and conveyances of any such property shall be null and void, and it shall be a sufficient bar to any suit brought by such person on the presumption, possession, or use of such property or any of it to allege and prove that he is one of the persons described that he is one of the persons described in the preceding section. Okay? Bottom line, those are the people they can take property from. In plain, in plain words, all right, they can take property from the people who work for the government, not from the civilians. Alright, and this is prescribed under Several laws of of war. Um, let me pull up this one here. Hello. Hello. Hold on one second. I'm pulling something up here. Trying to. Uh, to convince. I was yeah. just wondering if um, did somebody try to call my phone from Washington D.C. Any of the callers? I don't even know your phone number, so. I don't know anybody in Washington, D.C. that has my number. It's a solicitor. It's John Kerry calling me, Josie. (laughs) Yeah, he's calling me to say, shut your big mouth before I put you on on the moon. (laughs) Bottom bottom line, if you get into these laws of war, you're going to start seeing that uh, after 1899, uh, private property cannot be confiscated. I'm trying to look up one of them right now for you. Uh, and any profiteering, profiting, all right, is called pillaging. Once you start making a profit, all right, you're in trouble with these people. It's called pillaging. 
Yeah. Yeah. Hmm? Hello? Hello? Yeah, I'm still trying to look this up right quick for you. Uh, well, I heard a click and it went silent. I thought maybe I got booted. Yeah, well, there's a very good chance of it. Trust me, when we first started this show, she will tell you, we had a hell of a, t- a hell of a time, didn't we? We were getting cut off and everything else. I mean, there was actual shows that didn't happen because of it. They, yeah, one couldn't there. even record. We couldn't even record one show. It just would not record. Um. So, so the magic question is, how do you become a civilian? You are a civilian. You're already a civilian. Now, let, me ask you, let me ask you a question. All right. Wait a minute. Hold on. I can answer that question real quick. I can answer that question. Okay. <laughs> Hold on. Let me... Uh, uh, you asked the right question. Uh, where's... Uh, article 4. This this article is just about everywhere, people, okay, in the laws of war. You're going to see this repeated many times. Article 4. All right. Prisoner of war, in the sense of the... Cons- Present convention, a person belonging to one of the following categories who have fallen into the power of the enemy. Members of the armed forces, this is where you, this is why I tried to tell you guys two weeks ago about militia groups. Members of the armed forces are the party to a conflict, as well as members of militia and volunteer group forming part of the armed forces. Remember, you guys are all militia according to these states. Members of the militia and members of other volunteer uh, corps, including those organized resistance movements belonging to a party to the conflict, operating in or outside of their territory, even if the, the territory is occupied, provided that such militia or volunteer corps, including the organized, including the organized resistance movement. Remember, they're making a distinction here now between militia and volunteer or volunteer corps right, and the organized resistance, which would be your military. That of belonging, that of being commanded by a person responsible for their subordinates, that of having a fixed, designated, distinctive emblem recognizing the difference, act of carrying arms openly, that of conducting their operations in accordance with laws and customs of war. Members of the regular armed forces, distinction made again, who profess allegiance to a government of an or an authority not recognized by the detaining power. Now, here we go again. Persons who accompany them, uh, persons who accompany the armed forces without actually being members thereof, such as civilian members of the military aircraft crews, war correspondents, supply contractors, member of labor units, or of services responsible for the welfare of the armed forces, provided that they have not received authorization from the armed forces which they accompany. Who shall provide them with, with, for that purpose with an identification card, listen carefully, people, to the annex, all right, similar to the annex model. That thing in your pocket under the laws of war 
anybody who is liable to become a prisoner of war must have an identification card. Must. So you might want to pull that thing out of your pocket called a driver's license take another look at it. Okay? That's, that's laws of war all the way back. Members of crews, including masters, pilots, and apprentices of the merchant marines, or crews of civil aircraft and parties to the conflict, who do not benefit more favorably treatment under, the prote- under any other previous or international law. Number six. Ready for this? Inhabitants of a non-occupied territory who, on the approach of the enemy, spontaneously take up arms to resist the invaded forces without having time to form themselves into regular armed units, provided they carry arms openly and respect the laws and customs of war. Right? Uh, There's some more stuff here, but now I'm going to go down here for a reason. I'm going to drop all the way down here. All right? By the way, this is the Geneva Convention related to treatment of prisoners of war, 1950. All right? Ready for this? Everybody listening? Yeah. Hello? The President Convention shall apply to persons referred to in Article 4 from the time they fall into the power of the enemy and until the final release and repatriation. You guys want to, you guys want to, ready for this one? This is an, Oh, this goes back 100 years. Well, not that, all about this. All the way back to, I think it's 1907. Should any doubt arise as to whether persons having committed a belligerent act or having fallen into the hands of the enemy belong to any other categories enumerated in Article 4, such persons shall enjoy the protection of the present convention until such times as their status has been determined by a competent tribunal. Anybody want to tell me what I just read? Nobody. Well, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna hold the tribunal to determine whether or not you're a citizen or no a member a member of an opposing force. No. No, they're gonna hold you as a prisoner of war until a competent tribunal rules that you're not. Uh, guilty. You want me to read it again? Real slow? I know, I get reading fast. I'm sorry. Should any doubt arise as to whether persons having committed a belligerent act or having fallen into the hands of the enemy belong to any other categories enumerated in Article 4, such persons shall enjoy the protection of the present convention until such time as their status has been determined by a competent tribunal. Plain words, you're automatically a prisoner of war. <coughs> Any questions on that? Uh, Where do we go for the tribunal? It's saying you have protection. Well, that's a military tribunal. Okay? I've already looked all that stuff up. I don't think well, we basically, actually got to go there. Basically, you got to rebut... You have to rebut this stuff, people. Um, you might think it's not important, but you see us in these little cases that we're doing here in Texas, we've been rebutting their presumptions and telling them no. They have not put a bond. Uh, they use 
words and language that I know how to dissect them now, like failure to appear. What they were saying is that we failed to, we failed our peer. You know how you have a jury of your peers? Well, we wouldn't let the judge process us and we wouldn't cross the bar. So she said, okay, well, then I'm going to write failure to appear. What she's saying is that we failed her as a peer. See, this is such a complex language that we we don't really want you guys to miss not one show. And those of you who are fighting in these courts, you have to not miss a show because, as um, Ken Doss said, they are using patents on you. Patents are mechanisms and processes that they will use against you, and it's all been patented, okay? It's, it's based on your human behavior as well. So when they say that to you, oh, well, it, they'll send you a document. We're going to put a warrant for your arrest because you failed to appear, right? She said, you ha- if you come forward, you must come forward so I can process you. When she said the word process, she's talking about following the patterns of the patent set forth for her to do what she's going to do to us. Um, their language is very deceiving. The jury is of your peers. Everyone in that courtroom is your peer, like your brother and sister or your family. Remember, you're the family because you live in that state. All those people that live with you in the same state, they're your they're you're a part of their company. You're a part of their family. And when they put juries against you, even though you don't know them, they're a jury of your peers that judges your peer. And and you just keep listening to that language over and over, and you're going to say, oh, no, you know what the judge is really saying? He said that I failed him by not wow. approaching the bench um, and following his commands. Well, there's a problem. The second you do, you're in deep trouble. Remember, what? I'm also, I, uh, I'm going to start holding a class, all right, uh, I'm going to see about what I can do about working out a class on, on the laws of war. Now, see what will tell you this. And I'd like to do one, too. I would like to do one extra, like on Mondays when I'm really free, and teach them how to dissect the language. No. She Wolf will tell you this. You guys talk about a remedy? So, do I have a document called the military document that's my remedy? Hello? Yeah, you do. Let me tell you something, people. The word civilian is in that document so many times yeah. pulled right out of their own laws of war. Telling me what I can do, what I can't do, and what they can't do. Right. Am I joking them? Nope. Hold on one minute. I'm going to pull up your name, Doc, too. There's something I wanted to read to them. But um, okay. I also want to see who that 771 is. And I'm going to put you guys on mute and try to see who that third caller is that's calling me. It might be someone important. So. Bear with okay, me I'll get while he reads that. Now, okay, I'll be out for a second. I can, I, I, listen to what I'm going to say. I can hand this document to a lot of people. Most people would just 
change the name on it, okay, and put it into a court. If you can't walk and talk to us in this court, people, I'm going to tell you something right now. This is, this is probably the most dangerous thing you've ever done. But the rewards of it can be unbelievable. Okay? Any questions? Well? Where's well, the doc? Uh, I hear I hear what you're saying. You got you got to understand what you're doing. You can't just submit paperwork without without no, under, no. Uh, without being able to understand what you're doing because you, you know. The re- the reason I'm not going to give this out at this time is somebody did this uh, back in early 2000s. He didn't read it. He just changed the name on it. Stuck in a courtroom. Judge asked him three questions. Gave him 50 years. No kidding. Wow. I'm, and don't even ask what this original charge was. J- judge asked him just three questions. He could not answer it. Right, because judge knew damn good and well that this guy had never been in the military. This is very dangerous stuff. Remember, you're now going in to the bottom of the rabbit hole where nobody else has gone before. All right? And I do mean nobody. Everybody keeps going into these statutes and codes, all right? But nobody has gone in on this side of the fence up until well, now. What was the reason for going in on this side of the fence? Was this a court case you were involved in, or nothing worked? Why doesn't we? What's the, what is the definition of insanity? Doing the same thing over and over and over again. A different result. Right? Expecting different results, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, if it's not working, there's something wrong. <laughs> you know, I mean. No, but you put this in, and what was the circumstances? Can you say that or without? Well, right now, nothing. I haven't put it into a court case yet. Oh, okay. But I know. Took it from you or, or used it and did put it in a court case, and that's when they got in trouble. Well, he got in trouble because he did. There's been other people who have used similar stuff, not okay. exactly this document. All right, like you, like Joji just said, she went in and just said, "I'm a civilian," and they've been over kissed her butt. I like that. <laughs> but, but you know, this guy went in there, you know, with one of these my paperwork speaks for itself, and like I said, the judge asked him three questions, and that was it. He didn't okay. answer them. So with everything that you're talking and, and which we you know, we all you know, obviously the listeners love this, is there something that we can do that where they will just basically leave us alone? They can't bring us into their courts, you know, is there without because we have all these contracts. We have the driver's license, we have the social, we have the passport. Those but, no, forget no, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop. Forget those are contracts. Passports were created by Abraham Lincoln under the laws of war, to stop belligerents from other countries coming in here. There's what you'll find that uh, mentioned in that little book right there, along with, if you go to Executive Order 1, created by Abraham Lincoln, okay, they talk, he mentions it in there, that he created the passports. See, you don't want people coming into your country when you're at war, they're going to aid and assist your enemy. Mm-hmm. So if you have a, a country with a passport, and guess what, people? 
All of them do. But guess what? They're all at war. Otherwise, you can walk across the Canadian border with no problem. Why can't you do it? They're at war. Because these people are all belligerents. Let me tell you yeah, something. In 19, I'm going to give you a history lesson right quick. You can look this up. If you might want to write this down. Okay. After the Civil War, okay, oh, well, everybody thought that they, that they got rid of slavery, but they didn't do it. Our 13th Amendment does not outlaw slavery. It creates a new type of slave, right? The new type of slave is called a criminal, Okay. The second you guys, notice what I just said, the criminal, under the Libra Code, all right, you can check this out, Section 32-86-141, they made all commerce illegal. I just read that statute at large from Congress here to you. All commerce is illegal. So what do they get us to do? We go down and ask for a driver's license. I have a license doc out there on legal deception that kind of explains all this, all right? Now, license is permission to do something that without the license would be illegal. There's only three types of ways you can license somebody. The original license started in, 18, in 1640 in Virginia. The, uh, actually, in the license doc, there is a copy of a slave's uh, license to travel. Wow. When the slave went on out on the main road, he had to go into town to get feed or buy groceries or whatever master told him to do, uh, he had to have a travel pass called license. And like I said, I actually have one I pulled up off the Internet. You can look up slave's license to travel on the Internet, and you can actually see it. Okay. But it is also on that, legal, that license document. Unless they pulled it off again. They pulled, it, they pulled that thing off there twice now and changed it and put it back on. And believe me, they don't want to see that thing walk into a courtroom. Now, the, that, that's one way. The second way of licensing people, all right, is internationally. What a license does is it relaxes the, uh, the commerce and allows the people to trade and do business with each other, okay, or to travel or have communications. This is all in the Libra Code. Okay. All right? You can look this up. Uh, and like I said, it's, you can look up Article 32, 86, and 141. Now, what they did, since everybody's at war in this country, and believe me, who are, everybody has a license to do everything. Anything that, that you could imagine, including Mary. Mm-hmm. Up until the Civil War, the only people that needed a permission to get married was the slave. Okay? Bottom line. They turned everything that you could ever possibly do into a crime. They made it illegal. So that makes you a criminal. So they got you to be a really nice person and go down and ask for permission to do this illegal criminal act. When you did, they gave you a license. You're now a licensed criminal. I know. Don't shoot the messenger, people. I'm telling you the truth. 
you got a license in your pocket, you're a licensed criminal. Who is the greatest licensed criminal of all time? Anybody want to tell me? Capone. Huh? I don't know. Capone. <laughs> nope. Yeah, man, he was in about 20 movies. It was called James Bond. Oh, he had a license to kill. Makes sense. They've been telling people stuff forever and ever and ever, and nobody has caught it. So are you suggesting nobody. to not have licenses? Oh, no. Oh, okay, okay. No, not yet. Not yet, okay. We're going to work on that later. Okay. Like we're going to work on tags and a lot of stuff, Okay. We're going to get to all this eventually. There's this, this things that got to be, you got to learn first, okay? you got to learn these laws of war. you got to learn what this stuff is all is going on. See, once you learn what's going on, then you guys can start figuring out what to do, all right? But without, without the, the, the knowledge, all right, the paperwork won't do you any good. The judge can figure it out in just a few seconds. You got this off the internet, all right? And he'll barbecue you. Um, we actually put this in for a guy that was in jail here in Broward County, Florida. My license doc, some friends, I give it to him, some friends of his, and that way they put it in on Friday morning. On um, Monday morning, they jerked him up at daybreak, throw him on a bus, all right? He wasn't supposed to see the judge until Wednesday. Took him down to the courthouse. Now, he didn't know the license. My license doc was in that court case, right? The judge offered to drop, to drop the case and let him go. <laughs> Drive without a license. Seven hundred fifty dollars all right, he went home, turned around, they grabbed him up, threw him back in jail, and kept him there basically until he uh, negotiated a plea bargain. Hmm. He should have walked out that courtroom right there the first time. But guess what? Now, we have done this license doc in conjunction in several court cases with the actual driver's license, and the all-capital name. Imagine being a prosecuting attorney standing in the courtroom, and I don't mean no disrespect to any black people here, what I'm going to say, because it was a guy named Steve that did this. He's a friend of mine's son, and he is black. I was there. I seen it the first time we did it. Uh, the prosecuting, no, he, he looked at the guy, and he walked, and these people are so easy to walk into this, it's not funny. He said, why do I need a license, by the way? I said, Driving's a privilege. Steve looks, yeah, right. Steve looks up at him and says, okay, so you must be master. You got title to Toby here? You my master? You got title to, I mean, he's in a courtroom, people, and he's seeing this to a prosecuting attorney who is turning white. All right? And he went on for a good 10 minutes asking everybody, were they his master? That's funny. <laughs> yeah, well, if you think it was funny, let me tell you something. That prosecuting attorney didn't think it was funny, and I was biting my tongue. All right? Finally, the prosecuting attorney had, he couldn't answer the question. 
okay? And he went on with that master stuff because he had the license doc in his hand with the slave license in his hand, handing it to the guy right in front of his face. And he didn't know what the hell to say. He didn't know what to say. He kept telling him, I want to see master in courtroom with paddle to Toby. <laughs> All right. Yeah, you guys can laugh. I was sitting there. I couldn't laugh because I, I, it was unbelievable. And he kept, I mean, this went on for a good 10 minutes till the prosecuting attorney turned around and walked out of the courtroom. <laughs> he turned around to the judge sitting behind the bench. The judge pushed, his, pushed himself back from the from the bench and said, no, we ain't going here in my courtroom. This case is dismissed. You can get out of here. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Now, you got to go read the license, Doc, and you'll understand what's going on. Now, mm. the, uh, like I said, there's two ways they can license somebody. This is what we get on the license, Doc. One's a slave. We got the slave laws under there, all right? Slave is property of the slave, all right? Anything acquired by the slaves, the maximum law, movie is 1856. Anything acquired by the slave is the property of the master, all right? We got all this on that license doc. Now, another thing that's on that license doc is if these people can't be, you're not a slave, you're not a prisoner of war, you know what that means you're doing, people? Hmm? Anybody want to guess? Hello? 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 Did I lose that, buddy? I'm waiting for the answer. We're listening. Okay. Any, anybody here want to take a guess what the third one is? Okay. It's RICO. Criminal solicitation. If I ain't your slave, I ain't your prisoner of war being licensed, then you must be, all right, licensing criminal activity, okay? So, to this end, I created, all right, a little document. It's an estoppel and a permanent injunction. This was done in a court case, another licensed court case here in Florida by a guy. Unfortunately, I couldn't get up there. But I witnesses that were there, all right, said it went down unbelievably. The guy went into court, all right, asked the guy what he, about the license, uh, blah, blah, it's a privilege, blah, blah, blah. He said, so you made everything illegal. He didn't really get into laws of war or anything like that. He said, so you made everything illegal in this state. And everything that's got a license is illegal. Basically, what he what he asked the guy, the prosecuting attorney. All right, by Booby A's eighteen fifty six Black's Law Dictionary. All right, everything that you have a license is an illegal activity. Okay. Uh, so he turned. He's talking to the prosecutor. He said, "So, sir." He said, don't you think we should stop all the illegal, and so what I'm going to say carefully, illegal and therefore criminal activity in this state. 
He cornered the prosecuting attorney. We set this up. We want to see the response. What's he going to say? No. He had to say yes. Okay? He turned around and handed it in the stopple that I wrote up. With a permanent injunction, is stopping all criminal, licensed, illegal, and criminal activity in the state of Florida and issuing a permanent injunction all right, against any and all licensed illegal activity. So, Anybody so, want to tell me what that means? No one can get a ticket in Florida. That means no that one means, can come. Not, no one that, with a license. Wait a minute. That means all businesses closed, all driving, traffic, driving of cars stops, all right, all commercial business stops, all doctors stop. Your police are off the street because they're operating under a license. All business licenses, like the one hanging in your courthouse, all right, they have to close their doors. It would have turned the state of Florida into the Stone Age in about a minute. When he handed that to the judge, the judge looked at it, looked back up at him, and he said, are you out of your mind? (laughs) He said, but sir, the man just said this is illegal. He said, don't you think we should stop all this illegal criminal activity? (laughs) You know how fast they got him out of that courtroom? There's things we can do, and it's just going to be craftier than they are. We actually had one judge we did, that that was done with. He got up and walked off the bench and took the estoppel with him. So they can't answer it. They're trapped. They're caught. You just said it was illegal. All right, so therefore we should stop it, right? That's just my theory on the subject. I think that when we get to understanding all this, we're all going to be better off. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Any questions? Hmm? Well, yeah, yeah, I mean, the whole thing, it's kind of mind-boggling that we're under, you know, like under martial law. I mean, that whole concept right there is like, you know, and, and for so long, you know, the whole country's been under for 150 years or more. Well, they've been real good at hiding it. Well, yeah, that's it, right. And like you said, they think they have us thinking it's about laws and codes, but it's not. It's about military action. That's why, like mm-hmm. you said, there's there's no remedy. There's no remedy... And what they're making us believe it's about, there's no remedy because that's not what it's about. Now, I'm going to blow y'all's mind. Tell me what interesting thing happened by 10th of this year. They stopped accepting. Um, they stopped accepting certain states' um, driver's licenses ID. Mm-hmm. Not July 10th. They didn't. And by the way, Say that that again? that's not going into effect yet. Go ahead. Oh, okay. South Carolina. Um, I, South, Carolina I, South Carolina. 
the original state who succeeded from the Union in 1860, the last holdout state of the Civil War, all right, called in, not the groundskeepers that normally raise the law, the Confederate flag, over the state capitol. They called in a nook, a state police military honor guard unit that lowered the flag from south from the flagpole, folded it up, and retired it from the battlefield. Anybody in the military want to tell me what they just did? Ended the Civil War? Surrendered? Bingo. Ain't you all noticed all of a sudden they're arresting police all over the place? Judges? Is that why? Yep. Well, so this is what I think is going on. I believe that they have ended it, that Obama, a constitutional attorney. Man, I got somebody calling me. I ain't got time to talk to him. All right. Everybody thinks Obama ain't done nothing. Let me tell you something. Somebody, do you all remember James Helm? Yes. Yeah. Notice James Helm was only in the southern states. Right. Okay. The southern states that were involved in the insurrection, 1860s. I think he came out here and said, you want to play war? Well, we'll play war for real. We'll just round you boys up and arrest all of you and take over the state. After all, we're at war. Let's stop talking about it and go to it. I don't think the state's wanted to go there. Did you all catch a couple of years ago, Rick Perry out in Texas, I stood on national television, and they were talking about succeeding from the union. Did you guys catch that? Yeah, yeah, I remember that. I remember that, yeah. You know what they didn't show you? No. You ready for a shocker? The next day, two Russian warships showed off showed up off of Gal- Galveston, Texas. Hello. You want to succeed from the Union? Not a problem. We'll simply pull our military out and you can go talk to those boys. Notice you didn't hear anybody talking about seceding from the Union after that. Somebody's playing a real smart game here. Yeah. Back about six, seven years ago, all these people were talking about um, needing a bailout, all these cities and places needed a bailout because they were bankrupt. One of my cohorts told me that he heard a rumor that the Treasury and some people in Washington said, not a problem. All you have to do is turn over your CAFR accounts, let us go through them, and we'll determine how bankrupt you are. You notice that all that... You know all that stuff went dead silent, don't you? Yeah. Everybody I was getting a bailout one day, and the next day nobody wanted to talk about it. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> you remember that, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. There's things going on in this country for people who are watching. 
Believe me, they are. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. All you got to do is be paying attention every single day. What, what about that, that bank that Texas said is going to open up and it's going to be backed by gold? Yeah. Don't know. You ain't heard no more about it, have you? Nope. It's been two years. Really? Well, I think it was. I think I heard it takes like seven years. The Federal Reserve isn't giving anybody their gold for like it takes like seven years to get your gold after you request it. Okay. They told Germany they, they could see their gold in 2020. Right. That was what years it, ago. Yeah, that's what they're doing. There's they're not just handing it over. You know, there's a long, you got to wait in line. You you can... I'll tell you a real shocker. Now some of it's starting to come out. I want you to look at all your money. Well, all your Federal Reserve notes. My mistake. That boy. All right? Just about everything was printed in 2009. You might find a couple here and there. Okay? We found a couple of $5 bills down here. And uh, I heard that somebody found some ones. I think it was. But look at all your money. It's all printed just about in 2019. Yes. You mean the in God request they took off? No. The last time the they date on it. Look at the date. It says 2009. Yes. What happened to quantum easing that they were going to print all this money and, it, and we don't even see it? Wonder what happened to that. Anybody want to go there? 2001. Huh? I have a $1 bill here from 2001. Yeah. You'll see them before 2009. We've been looking. We've been looking, and most of the bills are 2009 and earlier. Yeah, even your new... Dollar bills are huh? that way. Your new hundred dollar bills are that way. Yeah, I know. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nothing past two thousand nine. I, I don't. I don't think I've ever seen a bill with two thousand ten on it. Or, or, or. Well, we have found two two five dollar bills. Notice I said we. This is just me <laughs> looking. That were printed in two thousand thirteen, and we mm-hmm. heard from somebody today who just got two one dollar bills printed in two thousand thirteen. So what happened to quantum easing? Nobody knows. Maybe it was all digitized. Don't know. You're saying if they digitize it and they put more money out, where is it? (laughs) Only only 3% of the money exists in paper. The rest is all digital. That's right. 97%, yeah. Let me ask you a question. Okay. How much? What's the ratio of money loaned out to 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 uh, money in the banks? I think it's like nine to one. It's like nine to one. Huh? Nine to one. It's about nine. It changes though. Yeah. It's it's anybody else want anybody else want to take a second guess? Thirty three to one. Keep going. Don't know. Friend of mine told me it's one point eight million to one. Wow. I would have took all mine. 
Bottom line, if you go read my securitization document, for those of you who want to, it goes into emergency, uh, the Emergency Banking Relief Act 1933, Section 4, and tells you how they're loaning you your own credit. Okay? Oh, yeah. On a promissory note. So, oh, yeah. the bottom line, they're not loaning you anything. <laughs> Banks are not allowed to loan out their depositors' money. It's a crime. That's right. They can't, they can't loan you their own credit. The bank can't loan you their credit. That's so right. The only thing the only thing left is your own credit. So that's why they can't. Pro- if you ask them for proof that a loan took place, like the the bank draft and the the uh, the account that the money originated from, they can't do it because it didn't happen. Well, that's well, what somebody was saying. Ask for a receipt. Mm-hmm. You can ask for a lot of things. You're not gonna get it. These judges are as much in on this fraud and on this scam as the banks are. Well, yeah, I mean, you know, they, 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 to, to get into office, all, all, all these people, uh, you know, uh, make a pledge to uphold the Constitution. But then, the, you know, if you're on the bar association, you've also uh, made an oath, pledged an oath to the to the uh, uh, the British Crown, the British Crown. You know, so you know That's which. Which loyalty? Which, where is the real loyalty? Where you know the Constitution or the or the British Crown? You know. Yeah, but which Constitution? DC's or yours? Well, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, people say there's two constitutions. I never saw. I've never seen any but the original. Yeah, I agree on that one. There ain't but one. Yeah, it could be. That's that's, all, that's yeah. I mean, I've never seen it on the other one. But that's where they the part of the board. That's the where word, the corner, uh, You know, but the. You know, I I think the mistake a lot of people make about the Constitution is it doesn't give the people any rights. It limits the powers of the government. That's what the Constitution was supposed to do, limit the powers of the government. Well, it does. It limits all the powers of the government. The only power, like I said before, that they have over the people is two powers. All right, power to make war and the right to grant letters of market reprisal. And that's what they're using on us. Well, That's what they're using us. I thought it was only one. You said two. Wait, now? Well, really, I mean, I've been thinking. Really, the Fourteenth Amendment is unconstitutional. Mm. You know, that's well, what they did. That, that's what they did. They, they can't pass any laws. They couldn't pass any laws to change the status. So what they did was they made an amendment. Well, they did. They passed the eighteen eighteen sixty six Civil Rights Act. Civil Rights Act. All right, that turned everybody in the United States into United States citizens, the citizens of the United States, and gave them civil rights instead of constitutional rights. That document's out there in the law, by the way. Civil Rights Act of 1866. Ladies and gentlemen, I've got a question for you. What do you think? Are we getting to the bottom of the rabbit hole here? I would say it seems seems like it. We are, yep. If we stick to the military side of this, we are getting to the bottom of the rabbit hole because everybody's talking codes and statutes, and that's just a billing and coding system that's used worldwide. 
But uh, everything, everyone has like a military over them. Every country almost. So really, you're saying the world is at martial law. Well, yeah, well, you know, well, you know the effect of it because uh, basically the government doesn't want you to feel like you're in a in a compromise here as a prisoner of war. They made the spaces wide and open. But even your homes are set in a specific location with zip code, number, location. Uh, if you notice how we're set up, uh, even in cities, they're structured to, like, everybody lives, like, in a little container, you know? I'll let you in on a secret, boys and girls. Uh, you all live in towns, right? Or cities, right? Hmm? I said everybody lives in towns or cities, right? Look up the word annexation. What is mm. the cities are always annexing some property, right? Let me tell you what they're not telling you about what they're doing. There's a document out there that kind of explains the legal deception. I didn't write this stuff, people. I'm just copying it and put it out there. All right, I've got a lot of documents out there for you guys to read. Annexation is done on uh, a country can occupy a nation. Okay, it can't keep it until it makes makes announcement that it's going to annex that state that 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 territory. Once they annex that territory, right, it becomes their property. All land, all land that they annex becomes a the property of the conqueror. This is what these cities are not telling people. Now, I know there's a guy out there on the Internet, and I'm not going to mention no names, who keeps saying that cities and towns are not places. Well, if they're not, then you might want to try talking to me for a while, but he won't do that. Because I put my hand. Uh, hold on one second. I will see what I can do about pulling this up. Uh I have a question, too. Go ahead. I think what he's saying, though, is city and towns are corporations or subdivisions or incorporated. Okay, hold on. Encyclopedia Botanica, annexation. A former act whereby a state proclaims its sovereignty over territory hitherunto outside its domain, unlike succession, where territory is given or sold through treaty. Annexation is unilateral act made effective by actual possession and legalized by general recognition. Annexation is frequently preceded by conquest and military occupation of the conquered territory. (laughs) This is Encyclopedia Botanica definition of annexation. It, It does tell you that there's a way to buy it, though. You heard what it said in the first part? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the catch is Here's where they got. Here's where they live in the glass house again, though. They're not mm-hmm. going to come out here and tell you, all right, that they've done this. This this would be. Uh, imagine one person finding out, getting told, "Oh no no no, we we annexed your property under military occupation. We stole it from you, and you have no rights to it." 
<clears throat> that would spread like wildfire through that community, and, and you'd have everybody in it down at the mayor's office with ropes and torches in a heartbeat. All right? Notice that every all towns and cities, I don't know where you guys live. I live in Florida. All towns and cities always have police departments. In Florida, there's 340-something police departments, one for every town. Why, why, why are these police departments, all right, all these different police departments, all right, operate independently, basically, of each other? They're doing it because on the middle, on the medieval times, uh, she woke here may have one castle. I had another castle. So if I wanted to increase my territory, I'd go over, wage war on She-Wolf, right, bombard her castle, take, and I'd annex her land into my land. That's how people gained land back then. Okay? They're doing the same thing today. They're just not telling you the whole story. It's that simple. But when we claim this stuff, uh, we had a guy, uh, remember the gentleman who tried to go down and claim, claim his uh, property, She-Wolf? Yeah. They wouldn't let him. They wouldn't let him. Would they? Mm-mm. The reason is that they don't want this to happen, people. They really don't want it to happen. Well, really all I can tell them. you is that, you know that vehicle that I told you I bought in trust? Yeah. <laughs> They're still telling me when am I going to get my car. <laughs> Well, listen, I don't know if Denny's on here, is he? No. This guy out here on the internet, Denny George, all right, he, has, he sells a, a, a trust package, okay? It's not just statutory trust. It's a private, pure trust, all right? You might want to start getting a hold of him, and you guys getting a hold of that, that uh package and start putting all your property into this trust, Mm -hmm. right? And then notifying these people that this is private. Listen, what I'm going to say very carefully, this is quote, unquote, from Libra Code, strictly private property, okay? Notice the word, strictly private property. Under the Libra Code, they can't mess with that. These people understand the laws of war, people. Believe me. If they don't know anything else, they understand the laws of war. That's why when She-Wolf went down there with that uh, estoppel, the judge had nothing to do with it. He had no way in shape or form could that judge hear that case. He was he was kicked right out of the, right out of the courtroom. So let's say if you're going to buy a new home, how what would you do then without registering it or? Well, the, the nobody ever registers it. Your your lawyer is not registering that house. It is the belief of some people out here that they go down and they put it into a box called abandoned or unclaimed property. What is it? Sixty days you have to go down and and, and uh, accept the title to the property she wants. What? What is what? It, 60 days? That law you, you found one time? Yeah, 90 days. 90 days. You had to and register it with the 
as soon as you bought the property, what they didn't tell you, I found this with the Department of Interior, you had 90 days to transfer that property into your name as a Lodeo title holder. Mm-hmm. And they don't what? tell you that. You know you know how the people fix your documents for you, right? Yes. Um, and you're sitting there with two lawyers. Well, guess what? None of them registered that property um, as you being the Elodio title holder with um, the Department of Interior. So I called them and I told them, hey, I found this law that says here that when we buy a piece of property, we're supposed to register it um, with you within 90 days, and we were not told this. They said, we don't know anything about that, ma'am. I said, you do, because it's under your your department. It says Department of Interior requires that within 90 days of purchase, we have to change the title to our name as a Lodeo title holder. They did not want to discuss it because they knew that they are not giving us that land. Did, did, did you accept their oath of office? <laughs> no, but you know what, what? What I was thinking was, so now, you know, I did a trust document and I bought this car with trust. Yes. And see, they keep calling me every month to say, am I going to get my car? Well, somebody told me what you need to do is have them deliver the car to you and sign the paper as delivered, right? Okay. And they're supposed to send that to the United States Treasury for payment because I bought it in trust. I'm not sure, truthfully. <laughs> well, I'm going to try it. Right, right. Because uh, they keep saying, it's already my car. I already signed the contract. Right. Without a bank. It was based on my signature. Yeah, it's like that sign and drive I tell people. Sign and drive. Uh-huh. You know, uh, and, and you, you wonder if you... you it's almost like there's there's slapping it right in your face. You shut up. You shut up. Oh, it's all out. Who's that that just said that about the sign and drive? I did. I did. Um, do you like work in a dealer? No, 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 not at all. It's it's the commercial. I mean, you see, it's a sign and drive. Like you, said, it's your signature that creates the credit. Right, so basically, I'm just going to call them and tell them, well, you never deliver the product, so that's probably why you're not being paid. Once you deliver the product, um, I've already signed for it, and I'll sign the fact that you've delivered the product so you can forward it to the Treasury. Yeah, and, and you, know, you know, when you guys speak about, speak about property, I, I want to tell you a little story. I'll tell you a little lady that I, that I met. She, she was, I don't know. Damn. Somebody needs to mute out. Somebody needs to mute this stuff out. This is getting to be ridiculous. Yes, people, can you please mute out? We hear lots of background noise. Please. R6. Thank you. So anyways, you guys speak of property, and this, this, is, this really got me. She was telling me that, okay, her her husband, one of her husbands, was a mechanic for Ed McMahon. So she mm-hmm. got that 
publisher's clearinghouse. And she went over mm-hmm. to his house and said, okay, I, I want my money. And mm-hmm. you know what he told her? Mm-hmm. He said the only people, take a, take, and I want this gentleman who's talking, take a guess on the only person who can win publisher's clearinghouse. Take a guess. Civilians. I'm sorry? Civilians. No, a landowner. Uh, isn't isn't that interesting, script. though? A landowner, and you guys talked to, talked about it because I listened back on your call. And and a landowner, I've only known one person who's had a lodial title, and, and a person had got it for him, and 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 it was interesting. Once he got it, the electricity company came and turned off his electricity the next day. But that's another story. But that's, that's what he said to her. The only person, and and you guys talk about it. We're not landowners. We're tenants. Right. right. Now, now you guys talk about that ten dollars. Now, now uh, you talked about that one gentleman, Rob Ryder. There was a story mm-hmm. of a gentleman who went down to the county recorders and said, "I want to pay my excise tax." That ten dollars you guys talk about. Right. And she told him exactly where to go and how to do it. He did it. Now, I, and this is only third party, you know. And mm-hmm. thirty days later, he got letters. From his loan company said we are no longer interested in your property. I don't know how true that is, and that was a long, that was a little while ago, quite a while ago, but mm-hmm. it's on its site. Now, what I wanted to ask you was, you guys talk about that ten dollar lien on the name, and that what you guys talked about? No, you got it. It's a ten dollar duty fee that you pay to record it. Okay, so where do you pay that? So how do you pay that? Then there's no lien on you, right? Well, what you do is you got to file that birth certificate authenticated. See, what happens is, is that when you get the birth certificate authenticated, it's no longer a birth certificate. It becomes a deed poll, an ecclesiastical deed poll, signed by two witnesses giving that paper full faith and credit. Yes, ma'am. I have that. Yes, ma'am. Okay. So then these two women have gone in, which is Jane, and now Trial, they've gone in and they changed their name, and, you know, one of them saying, well, my bills are still coming in, and I'm saying to her, well, maybe, um, you know, I talked to Trial, and she says, well, she did too, but they told her you didn't register it with the federal registry. Once the deed has been completed, you have to now register that name with the federal registry, and that will go all across the United States. And the judge told her, she left, do you understand now? You own that name. Okay. So you're, you're, you're changing the name, and it says, oh, you got to base it, not because you owe some kind of a court thing or you're in trouble, right. but you're not doing it because of that. You're doing it because the name is incorrectly spelled on the birth certificate. So my, my question, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead, ma'am, go ahead, go ahead. Well, what, the problem is, is that if you have a capitalized birth certificate, right? Yes, I do. Yes, ma'am. So if you want to change it, you'll say, well, it's incorrect because all of my documents are coming in, my Social Security card, the birth certificate, it's all, it's been capitulated. And if you lo- if you download the name doc from uh, Legal Deception, uh, you take Minnesota Rule 220, you put that as one reason, and then right below it, you take the Canadian definition of, um, of capitus diminuus maximus, 
and you tell them that you are, you know, the name is incorrectly spelled on these documents, that I am an adult, you know, you put Rule 221st and then you put that uh, name doc in their information. It tells you the three statuses, okay? And you're coming in to file the land property. You know, the body is the property. Right. The booty. The booty, right? The booty. Yeah. Right. You have to file it back in. But my question is to you, because um, we were talking about this before, before we started, and was that when, when when I was in unlawful detainer court, not not myself, but somebody else, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, a, mm-hmm. a gentleman went in, and I, I was I was in awe because I, you know, to hear it is one thing, but to be there in, in, in person to hear it is another. Yeah. And he used his last first middle, and she said, right. "Oh no, 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 that's not your name." Mm-hmm. And he said it three times. Yeah. And until he said the first middle last, then she said, okay. And then that's when he contracted. So my question to both of you and everybody who's listening is, did we change our name to last, first, middle, upper, lower? Mm. When, when he when he did that, did it work? No, because eventually he did his first middle last. He didn't know how to keep going. He didn't know how to keep going because – you guys talked about it on the call about about. Yeah, you want to know why I'm telling you that? Because listen, okay. One of my relatives went to jail, right? Okay. And they said, "Oh, you had a warrant in this other jail too." Um, and they want to give you an appointment. They're not going to see for some reason, like I told you before, we're not supposed to be bonded. Puerto Ricans cannot be bonded. So instead, they gave her a court appointment, right? And it was addressed last, first, and middle. See, on the private side, your name is last, first, and middle. Okay. And when Akima Trial got her appointment for the court to do the name change, they sent her the appointment in the mail, last, comma, first, and middle. Upper lower. lower case. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. So... Wait, you said all lowercase? No, no, no. It was upper lowercase, but they wrote the name backwards. Okay. So if you're going to change your name, I wouldn't think that you would put your – I'm going to try it this way, though. I'm going to do last, uh, first, and middle because that's the the way it's entered on the um, passport. They ask you for last, first, and middle. And when also, you were born, they asked for last, first, and middle. And also the California driver's uh, license are last, first, middle now also. I don't know if you guys... Do you see last, first, middle as well? Yes, yeah. Mm-hmm. They're changing. Okay. This is according to 6 CFR 37-3. Homeland Security, Chapter 1, Division of Homeland Security. Office of Secretary, Part 37. Real ID, driver's license, and identification card. Subpart A, general, full, quote, full legal name name. An individual's first, middle name, and last name, or surname without any initials or nicknames. Now, I'll tell you guys a little secret. The name is, I don't think the name is a big thing. All right? Mm I have a bad habit. You guys ever have any creditors call you? No. Or, you know, bill payer, people want to collect the debt? 
Yeah. They always ask you for your birth date. Because yeah, they don't go by your, all the thieves go by your birthday. Yes, sir. Okay, because they already mm-hmm. have your social security number. They don't care about the name. They want that. They need two numbers: driver's license number and birth date. And this is what I was told by somebody. All right, they need those numbers. Y'all ever read Revelations? The number of men, number of a man. Yeah. Okay. The number all, of the his number. name. Wait a minute. The number of his name would be your date of birth. Mm-hmm. Correct. Correct. Or whatever number was assigned to you. No. Anybody ever go in the military? Well, they don't ask you. They don't ask you for the number on your birth certificate. They say your date of birth. That's because you're using your driver your driver's license number, I and uh, the 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 uh, social security numbers. Okay, and they they need two, so they ask mm-hmm. you your date of birth, and they go, okay, I got a right driver's li- I got a right driver's license, a social security number, and a date of birth. I must have the right person. That's and you know your date of birth, your, your your birth is on your driver's well, license. Well, they don't they don't ask for your driver's license. I mean, I've never been asked, but the first thing they do is try to match the name with the date of birth. Well, 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 regardless, time, they call you. The bill payers have ever called me. They've always asked me, Are you so and so? Yeah, well, may I have your date of birth, please? I tell them no. They get mad and hang up. I don't hear from them no more. Mm-hmm. Uh, or if you ask the judge, Can I give you my name? Will you take it in and for consideration? The judge will say no. Because you're giving it to him, see? He don't want it. Well, he wants you to keep it so you, he can he can charge you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, ex- execute your trust. Yeah. Mm. He really don't want you to say nothing. He just wants you to be silent and sign his papers so you can consent. You know, like I was telling my kids, when they give you a court appointment like they did to her twice, they go, you need to sign that, please. She says, I certainly will not. <laughs> I, heard a, I heard a story from somebody one time. I don't know how true this is. They arrested the guy, right? And I don't know. Uh, uh, the person told me that when they got the guy down to the jail, they said, give me your hand. He put his hand at his side and said, no. All right. He wouldn't get me get fingerprints. He kept saying no. So finally they walked over and opened one of those old solitary cells and told him, listen what he said, get in. He looked the guy in the face and said, no, I'm not going to do it. All right. The guy threatened him. They, uh, every way under the sun, now this this was a client of this person. This person was a lawyer. I wish somebody would 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 use that. A lot of people out, please. Somebody needs to mute out. Yeah. But uh. Let me see if I can find out about, where this is coming from. That's terrible. About twenty minutes of that, they finally they finally grabbed him up and threw him out the back door. Right. He wouldn't consent to go in the cell. Yeah. Well, see. So when you, when you find if you're ever arrested, hello. Uh, I'm still here. Are you? Yeah, I'm here. Oh wow. Hold on, I'm trying to get him out. I don't know who it is though. 
I think he did. Yeah. But um, if you ever, uh, I heard a story, if you ever get arrested, sign your name and put authorized representative. What? They didn't know what to do. And that's what's like on the checkbook. Probably all of you know already. What's that? Well, on your checkbook line, it's not a line. It's words, authorized representative. Take a magnifying glass to it. Yeah, it's words. You ever heard of vicocious? No, sir. Okay, by coaches is how to sign a document, okay, under duress. Okay. I taught somebody this here a while back. Uh, I, I, it's, <clears throat> the, the, the explanation of it is on legal deception. It's VI uh, coaches, whatever. I can forget it. I'm no good with certain spelling certain things. That's okay. Anyhow, uh, I gave that to them, and then I, you know, I pulled it up out of my thing because they were like, oh, don't know how to do this, so I pulled it up and I stuck it out there for them. Uh, they got stopped about, I don't know, three months later, and the, the, I told them what to do. Don't sign your first name. Sign B dot, C dot, and then put your last name. All right, well, they took the ticket, took it home, wrote an explanation up uh, of threat and duress, okay? They never heard back from people. Oh, Wow. That's something new. I've never heard that before. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. It's, okay. Don't you can either use the V dot C dot as your middle initial or use your first two initials with your last name. Most most law enforcement won't catch it. Okay. okay? But it, it's being it's signing under duress. I was under duress. I was under threat of military, you know, occupation with a military officer with a gun on his side threatening to kill kill the civilian. You, you know, put D dot C dot last name? Yes, ma'am. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I said that on the show about a month or so ago, a couple months ago now. Uh-huh. That would be a good idea, too, because, see, they don't have no control over that first name. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, you know, it just makes sense that, you know, with, with the experience that, that, that I, I, have, I have lived with the last first medal, it just seemed like that was the proper way to go and the name change, but I'm not sure. Did you change it that way yet, though? No, 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 no. I, I've been listening to your calls, and, and I'm, I'm trying to get the info. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, have, I have the full faith and credit. And what I also wanted to say for all your listeners, and, and I, I learned the hard way, make sure that when you do the authentication, it's a non-Hague country. And a lot of people don't mm-hmm. realize and I, I made that mistake, and very costly, not not in a court case or anything, just, just doing the stuff that I was doing. And as of right now, Taiwan is one. I, I didn't make a list of all the non-Hague countries, but you just, you know, those are the little mistakes that mess us up, that mess people up. Yeah, it's got to be in, it used to be in Canada, too, but I don't, I, I heard that Canada went out of Hague. Yeah, I, I, I I know another kind of, I, well, you know, it's really easy to just look up non-hate countries, but, you know, but I know Ty- mm-hmm. Taiwan is what we use. So, you know, I just wanted to let the listeners know that because, you know, just a lot of people don't know, you know, that's all, you know. So it was a very costly that's mistake for me. But if you um, want exactly. to be... I mean, uh, they have, what is it, Southern? You said that this guy told you there are 10 ways that they write your name up as a derivative. That's what I was I was told recently. Yeah, I think ten or twelve. Uh, well, you you guys also recently. talked about the DD 
DBA. So is the DBA something that you would add to your court case as well as, as your for the name change as, as well as your, you know, if you have a baptism certificate and stuff like that or proof of life? Or you uh, When you're going in to do your probate, um, you could bring in a proof of life. I know a guy who put in a proof of life in his um, uh, bankruptcy. Uh-huh. And he hasn't heard back from them in two years. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, we yeah actually- because he told them, you know, you're ignoring me as if I am civilly dead. But how could I be civilly dead if when I was 18, here's the paperwork, I signed up for selective service. I wasn't dead when I was required to serve you. And or vote, like you said. And or vote. Yeah, and you're voting. Yeah, I'm not dead here. So how, and how could I be dead in this courtroom? So I want to, well, ask, I, I want to ask you, the gentleman who's talking, so forgive me, if I don't know your name, but is probate <laughs> our, our court? Is that a military court? Probate? What's that? Is that a military court? No. No. So why? Well, why? Yes, yes, my mistake. It would be in our current in our current thing because you got to understand something. You're dealing here with people who are presumed lost at sea or lost behind enemy lines and stuff like this. So yeah, it would be a it would be a military court. Any any court you walk into, all right, with, with Dwight D. Eisenhower's military flag of 1959 and I'll tell you a secret I don't know if you guys have been on the, any of the other shows there's a document out there called 840-10 field manual army oh. manual it's about the flag alright if it's that state flag has got a spike on top and I ain't been in a courtroom recently since uh, July 10th of last year but if that state flag has got a spike on top of it you're entering a military district okay be advised Okay, would that be the proper place for the name change? Is what I'm is what I'm I'm just trying to learn, so I'm just asking questions. Well, that that, that that's a question. That's <laughs> hard to say because they, they well, will probably some places, some states do in probate. What you do mm-hmm. is you ask the county, um, the county clerk. Yeah, I'm LA County, so just to let you know. Yeah. So go ahead. Okay, so we're Lake County of what 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 state? What country? California. I agree with you. <laughs> yeah. And so basically, um, they'll tell you where to do it. But she told me, like, when I want to do the name change in Indiana, she said, uh, you got to do it in, um, uh, you can do it in Superior Court. Right. But then she said, but if you're not in our state, you can do the name change in your own state. Very easy. Check with the, she said, check with the probate or superior court. So usually it's going to fall under probate or superior. Okay, but now one, one on your on your audio on the 13th, I believe is what it was, my mm-hmm. understanding is they, they tried that in a different state, and they said that we only deal with dead people in this county. Mm-hmm. So, so just to, for argument's sake, wouldn't it just be safer to just do it in the county that you were so-called born in? Yeah, but somebody said that. Yeah, it was on, on your other show. Yeah, it was um, on the, trying to remember no. who. And they said, and they hung up on them. They were really rude, and they said, "Look, we only deal with dead people here," and hung up, something like that. They, you know why? Because they don't want you to do it. That, like today, I tried to talk to um, a, a clerk about filing my status, right? 
Mm-hmm. And they said, well, why do we want to do that for? We don't file those things. And um, she said, uh, uh, to me, um, uh, I, I think you need to go to vital statistics, but you, we're not going to file your Indiana certificate here in um, in uh, Texas. And I said, well, this isn't really exactly a birth certificate. No, no, no. If you want to use the name, you need to file an assumed name certificate for your business. And by the way, what kind of business is it? And I said, well, isn't it according to law? You can't buy, sell, trade, or barter without it? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Well, you the way you do it is you got to sign, uh, fill out the assumed name certificate form. But uh, what I was trying to tell her is I have a deed poll that I want to file and record. So I said, well, I don't want to have any misunderstandings. So what I want to do is speak to your general counsel, which is the district attorney. And I said, that way I'll have, be assured of, you know, like you understand what I'm talking about. Right. So I'm waiting for that district attorney to call me. <laughs> don't hold and, your breath. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm going to file that paper no matter what. Otherwise, I'm going to file a name change, and I'll park it over there anyways. But um, uh, then when you're done, you have to put it into the federal registry. Yeah, that was that was interesting. We didn't hear that on your last call, on that one right, call. Right, but I just got the instructions today. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Yeah. So uh, let me see. I don't. Let me see if I can pull it up. I think someone sent it to me private message, but what I'll have to do is copy and paste it. The instructions and put it on um, legal deception because let me see here. It's yeah, because I, I, I'm, I'm hoping within I, I don't know how many months to buy property. So your information on registering the property was is extremely helpful. So I'll do some research on you that. You mean you mean registering your body? That's the property. Well, well, no, but I mean I mean a house. I mean a home as well. I mean a home well, as well. Before you can do that, you have to register the first property, which yeah. is your body. Yes, ma'am. That's why we're... That, that's, a, uh, that's also called land property. Right, right. Because if you notice when you do your UCC, the re- revisionary, it's under the land as well. It's put in the land yeah. property. Or mm-hmm. I know there's another word for it. I just can't think of it. So You, you want to hear a shocker? No, no. I want to hear everything. <laughs> and I'm sure your listeners yeah. do too. Hey, what is Jewel? What is um a mm-hmm. federal registry? What is that? Jewel, remember the guy yeah. that tried to register his children? Mm, huh? Which one? Which one? The the the, the air doc. I created uh, air doc. Yeah. Because I I thoroughly understand what's going on here. They took away your right to inherit from your parents as your heir. You always that's why you got to go through probate court. Right? right. So I made up a document for a friend of mine, and he didn't think it was going to be that big a deal, right? He went down, all right, filled it out, put his kids' names in. I accept them as, you know, my heir, lawful heir, blah, 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 blah. They're my children, right? Now, I understand that at the birth, you were allegedly abandoned by your parents, okay? So he goes down to, to, to the courthouse. To register this is a document. Six okay. sheriffs come and slam him to the ground and drag him out of there. Okay? Well, he kept trying to go back and put the thing in. So you know who shows up at his house one day? Two U.S. Marshals. Okay. Because he's doing some of that sovereign citizen paperwork. 
Right. Well, they tried to warn him about it. He said, dude, he said, are you crazy? He handed him the paperwork. He said, this is all I'm trying to put in the court. He said, I'm acknowledging my children. He said, it's my heirs. And these guys got a strange look on their face. And he said, what do you mean? And he explained the whole thing about the birth certificate, you know. Right. How they were abandoned, this, that, and the other. Well, he gave them copies of the paperwork. So they went home, fixed it up, and they went down and tried to put it in. <laughs> well, guess what, guess what happened to them? They wound up in a judge's chambers being told if they ever tried that again, they'd be arrested. Well, let, let me ask you this, okay. Um, uh, what are, what are, they don't want us registering anything that belongs to us. Okay, on the birth certificates, as you can, as you can see with anybody, it's raw bastard child. Is that, is that not correct? That's right. Okay. So could we correct the birth certificate? But what do you um, want it to say? Well, well, my mother's my mother was married when when I was born. I, I know I know not all mothers are, but but I mean my mother was. So I'm not a bastard child. What you know what the problem is is that you know that original document. You will never see it again. Everything they give you, it's like copies. You'd have to go in and file a petition to make those changes. You know that. They'll never let you see that original because see what they did, which is what I was explaining before in many of the other shows, is they're taking your footprints, right, and they're stealing them. And right. you, your foot never touched the land. Okay, okay. So... They take those and they hide them away, and they'll do anything in their power. That's what I'm trying to get right now. They've been doing a shuffleboard with me, but um, not even the general counsel will speak to me. I told her I want all of my grandchildren's footprints back. I'm trying to correct the wrong that you guys have done. You know that the Babylonians practice that, inking the feet of the children and uh, recording the birth so that they can belong to you as your slaves. Mm-hmm. And, you know, lady got really, really upset with me. She's like one of the higher people in the hospital. And she says, I know you. You tried to do that to me last year. I said, don't matter. Give me your give me your general counsel because I'm getting those footprints back. Yeah, we had a lady who uh, who her father knew stuff like this. And, and he, you know, I, obviously I'm not going to say his name or anything, but um, uh, she she was a nurse. She had her child in the hospital, and then a couple hours later, you know, the nurse came in and said, you need to fill this paperwork out. She goes, for what? To, to, to register your child? She goes, I don't register my child. And she mm-hmm. said, and she said, well, then you're not taking it home. She said, fine, you raise it. She lifted him up and said, you raise it. Now, she said, get off your dumb ass, go back to, uh, to your attorneys, and tell me whether I have to register my child or not. And sure enough, a couple hours later, came back with her head down and said, you're right. So as far as I know... Mm-hmm. She never – now, my understanding is now they take, you know, the the um, umbilical cord and all that. I, I don't know. I don't know at all what they do. You know, I mean, there's so many stories you hear, mm-hmm. you know, but her father was flabbergasted, you know. But um, I'll tell you. Good. Could you tell me what is the federal registry? What is that? It's uh, the, the – Well, we're registry. looking it up. Uh, we had to look it up of where it is. We just, I just got the note today about it has to go. The the clerk had told 
try out. Uh, before we can record this, you got to record it in the federal registry, so then we'll go through all the courts and all the nation throughout the nation. So the federal registry is like a database for the whole nation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, let me say something to the gentleman that was just talking. Yeah, I'm listening. You, yes, sir. You can look this up on the internet if you think I'm lying to you. Oh, no, 19, I don't. 2008, 400-something children were taken off a Mormon ranch in Texas. Okay? okay? They went to court. All right? This is out there on the internet. Josie's, I mean, uh, she will fears read it. Okay? Mm-hmm. The judge said to them, you had no authority to take those children off that ranch. 400-something children were re- released by DCF. This has never happened before. It's never happened since. Tell me what made those children different. They weren't registered. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, yeah. The other one, the other case was Arkansas. That was um, Bill Medivecki. He went up to Arkansas, and they did the same thing there, too. They don't have no jurisdiction over those children. They had to release them as well. Well, I like your story mm-hmm. where um, the guy put his hand on the child on his head and said, show me that you have title to this child, and I'll let him mm-hmm. go. And then there was a story that um, child. This is many years ago. Child services came and took all five kids, mm-hmm. and four were born in the hospital. The baby wasn't. They brought the baby back an hour later. Hour later, and said, "This one doesn't belong to us." <laughs> yep, that it doesn't belong to us. Yeah. You know that should have been key. And you know, I tell people this all the time. You know, like the mom and dad sites where they're fighting for their kids. I mean, they put me on total ignore. They'll totally ignore me when I'm telling them that the state owns their children. Yes. They do not want to hear it. They get really mad at me, and they'll even try to block me. Yeah, there's a homeless lady who, who needed, had a child. <laughs> I mean, I've tried to help people. You know what? If anybody knows about the DCF, I, I fought them for 15 years straight. 15 years because they stole my kids first, and I got them back, so they wanted revenge, and they would go after each one of my grandkids from each one of my children. Uh, they try to steal them. And then this last time, like I said to you guys before, one of my earlier stories, they tried to steal my, my one of my babies, my grandchildren, and uh, told my kid... Uh, Oh, we're going to keep this one. He is beautiful. Beautiful blonde hair and blue eyes. He's ours. And my daughter was devastated. See, they like to devastate you. They're so evil when you're in jail or something. So she just kept focusing on being in jail. And, and I told her, you got to focus on getting out of jail. And then she just kept saying, but they stole the baby. And um, I told her, well... Did you have drugs in your system or anything? She said, no, I didn't. Um, so it was possession of marijuana. Huh? And she said they put a ridiculous amount of marijuana. It wasn't even hers, but still it was in the house, right? right. Yeah. They went in with the SWAT team. Now talk. let me talk about how I know these people are full of crap. You know those, have you ever seen that um, abduction of that little Cuban boy? Uh, no, I can't that, say that I have. Um, God, what is his name now? Um, the little boy that they wanted to take back to Cuba. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Florida, Florida. Remember those big guns? Yeah. 
They found him in the closet, right? Yep. Try. Yeah. My daughter was in bed with the baby in his little bassinet. She had a little bed bassinet. They came in with the very same type of weaponry, pointing it at her and the baby, like six gorilla-looking SWAT team guys, destroyed her apartment. One of the SWAT team guys actually went into her medicine cabinet and took medications that were Xanaxes, and he was popping them in his mouth, and he tells her, do something about it. And he was laughing and stuff. And they made up a, fr- a frivolous amount of marijuana that they said. They took, you know, like a little plastic off of the um, cigarette pack? Right. And said that that was how she sold it. They just took one off of a cigarette pack and said she was selling it in that, making up the most phony baloney story about it. But you know what really burns me? Is that you went in fully armed, as if you were a military, pointing those huge guns at her while she was in bed sleeping. It woke her up out of her sleep. Yeah, yeah. You they didn't always... endanger that child with, by coming in there with those militarized weapons pointed at her, six of them. You destroyed her apartment totally, and you didn't think the baby was screaming his head off because he's a newborn. And then you take the baby off of her and... um you put it under somebody else's custody. She was just devastated. So you know what? I, I was so mad. I mean, I was furious. Now I'm like, okay, you know what? You have overstepped your boundaries, you little bastards. So what did I do? Now you got mama mad now because I've just got sick of it. <laughs> and that's when I, I called the city and I asked for their rule of engagement. Southern told me what to ask them for, and I wanted their um, rule of engagement manual. I wanted their job description, and I wanted to know who, where they were getting their orders from. Mm-hmm. That city said, uh, we can't give you that. And I go, why? Because that is a private. We don't have to give that to you. I said, really? So you're saying you're a private corporation and you entered into someone's private property? Under what authority? Do you have the warrant? So I called court. You had the warrant. I need to see a copy of the warrant because I don't see one on, on the file. Um, how about those charges got dropped? Because I said, okay, I'll subpoena them then. Thank you. Yeah. Um, the lady you know, was like, who are you? Are you an attorney? I said, no, but you know who I am? I'm her mother and you mess with the long lady. Yeah, um, and, um, I'm her elder. Yeah, they always seem to do the warrant afterwards once they have probable cause. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you all Go ahead, sir. How about this? You want to walk in someone's house without a warrant until you have probable cause? Well, how about you cause severe mental and emotional damage to a newborn baby by destroying his house? You want to talk about child abuse? I will file some child abuse charges on you on top of that. And um, I'm not going to sue you as an agency. I'm going to sue you as a private corporation. Like right now, I just called the city. Um, for that public intoxication charge, I asked them for their rules of engagement. I asked them for their general orders, and I asked for their job description and their W nine. Yeah. You want to talk about them playing football? They've been passing me back and forth, and I said, "Oh, okay, I'll just subpoena it if you don't want to give it to me." Oh, wait a minute! I'll tell you which departments have them. I said, "Well, thank you, because you, you better get to stuffing, because I know that you people are operating like you're a military here." 
and um, acting like you own the streets. This is the people's streets that are paid by all of their energy and all those bonds that you get paid uh, to run, make those streets. And I said to um, the head of uh, DMV, you are quadruple charging the people for using these streets. And you know it. You're quadruple taxing them. Well, well, I like your guys' theory on that. If if the uh, uh, the uh, the laws or, or the uh, what you call it um, the statutes are copyrighted, they can't use it. So that's another well, great thing. Yeah. Well, this is this is what you ask them. When you subpoena something, you're going to tell them, "I need to see that you you have." a license by the author or the broker for you to use those manuals for your personal use in your in your uh in your um job in the job that you perform. Why? Because you know what? It says by law that only the only person that can use that for their personal use is by permission of the actual author because that, that stuff that is written it says it's personally only for their use. I love that. Yeah. You guys have really come out with a lot of great stuff, I think, for the listeners here. And it's in there, too, though. It's in the um, files. I gave you guys the, um, what is that called, the copyright, the crown copyright. Look up crown copyright in the files there, and then go look up United States, and it tells you that you, you, me and you, are not allowed to perform anything copyrighted by the government. Now, is that on your Facebook page, or is that on the Facebook page? Yes, it's in the file page of Legal Deception. Legal Deception. Okay, I just want to make sure. Okay, okay. Uh, hey. You will also find in, in there the uh, this Title 17 con- congressional records right, of the copyright laws and the Burns Agreement of International yeah. Copyright. Okay, so it's we'll, all in there. Okay, so let me ask you this, and for the listeners and everybody else, if we change our name, could we not copyright and do a federal 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 copyright as well on that? Um, or will we? You cannot wait a minute. Right now. You cannot copyright a name. What I found out, what you can do, is that you can trademark the name. Trademark only. Okay. What about DBA? Yeah. Um, in your DBA, it can have more than one owner, right? Yes, ma'am. But <laughs> like. If you're the first person to register the name as a DBA, right, then um, you, the person will tell you, hey, you know what? Nobody owns this title. Why don't right. you trademark it? And they'll tell you that, and then you go to trademark it, it's $80. That's more no, than that. Hold on. It's 300 Federal trademark. No, uh, Florida charges 80 bucks. Oh, okay. I'm hold on. That. Go ahead, sir. Go ahead, sir. Oh, hold on one second here. Let me pull something up. I've already looked into this. And, because I would uh, this is just my thoughts while, we're, while you're, you're looking for something is, I, I, I'm just, for the listeners and everything, so I'm trying to put out everything I could think of while we're on this call, is that if somebody does a last first medal, I, I can't even imagine nobody's done, done that and then, and then okay. did a trademark. Uh, Wisconsin. I got this from a, a guy. Ready for this? Registration yes, of trade name trademark. Filing fee fifteen dollars. Effective registration for ten years. Yep. Okay, my mm-hmm. understanding, and, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong. 
because you guys seem like a lot, lot, lot more on this than I am. If you do a DBA, mm-hmm. it's only good for the, as we call them, countries or states, however way you want to word it. It's only good yeah, for your that state. Is that correct? Yes. Okay, okay. I just want to make sure now. The, if you did the federal, then it would be worldwide. From, from well, the research wait. that we've done on the federal well, trade. Well, that's why, that's why I was telling you that somebody, these two young ladies already did it. And one, I was talking to one of them today, and she says, you know, it's not working. They're still billing me. So I asked the other girl, Trial, hey, you know what? Um, Jane's already done her name. It's, it's appropriated. And she said it's now her name, ownership. Uh, of that name, but they're not reducing any of her bills. They're still taxing her. She and said she, because you have to now register it into the federal registry. That's what she was told because she said, hey, now, um, what am I going to do now about being able to use the name? And she says, uh, you got to go to the federal registry first to register it before you can <laughs> register it with us. And then it goes nationwide. Okay. Okay, yeah, that's very good, helpful for, for for your listeners. Yeah, but I'm gonna post hey, it guys. on the wall tomorrow. Great. Hey guys, can I jump in for a minute? Mm-hmm. Always. <laughs> yeah. All right. It, this is Brian. I've listened to a lot of your calls, but I never uh, piped in on anything. Uh, this mm-hmm. is Brian from Tactical. All right. Mm-hmm. Um, as far my ex just had a, a child about a month ago. Okay, mm-hmm. and she she went through the whole situation with um, the embryonic sac, all that, which she did end up being able to take home. Mm-hmm. And what needs to be filed? Because when a child is born, they put out a notice that there's been a birth, all right? Mm-hmm. And nobody comes forward and claims that child. Yeah, that's right. right. And... So, therefore, since the father didn't come forward because the mom and dad are separated on the certificate of live birth and the birth certificate because they have different last names. They only use the mm-hmm. mom's maiden name. So right. the state steps in, you know, to administer that estate. What is supposed to be filled out is an affidavit of parentage that will tie the father and the mom together with the child. And, and, and he has she, to do a declaration of error naming that right. child as heir to his estate. Yep. And what happened is, see, Vital Statistics has an officer at every uh, birthing hospital mm-hmm. that takes care of this stuff. And this officer from Vital Statistics told her that she could not fill out the affidavit of parentage until after she gave up the information for a birth certificate. Because here, here's one of the nice little things that the Affordable Health Care Act, some people call it the law, but you got to remember, it's an act, only an act. Mm-hmm. One of the little fun things they tied into that now is that unless you have insurance for that child that is acceptable by the Health Care Act, that then you're going to have to be under Medicaid for the first year, mm-hmm. which means they, they get to dictate everything that's done, all of the vaccines that are given, and all that kind mm-hmm. of thing. Okay. And you ask them who's paying for that. Right. Well, but we all kind of know where that might get sucked out of. Now, <laughs> um, hey, you know who pays for that? You should say it comes right out of my Social Security account. Right. Exactly. Well, now, as far as the certificate of live birth goes, I want to let you guys know what I've done with mine. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. Are you guys familiar with what a counter deed is? Yes. Yes. A what? 
counter the counter deed. Yeah, the counter I, deed. Yeah. I filed mine and claimed it as a counter deed, mm-hmm. which you know you'd said that you know that original is gone. You'll never see it again or anything. Well, when you file it as a counter deed, it becomes the original. And anybody holding the original or anybody that has made any attachments to it, attachments mm-hmm. such as something as tra- simple as a traffic sign, okay, all mm-hmm. of those things have to be destroyed. Because you come, forward, you come forward as holding superior claim. Mm-hmm. Is it my understanding? That once you get the full faith and credit, that that's the original, or is, am mm-hmm. I missing? Right, and and part of the part of the hint to that also, though, is that they tell you that it can't be used in the United States. Okay, because they know that you now have the title to that estate. Right. Well, it's Warren Catch. Um, Define the word United. Wait a minute. Define the word United States. Yeah, Washington. That, that that was my question. What is your definition of the United Columbia? States? Washington. Okay. <clears throat> nope. Hold on. There is a a document out there on legal deception. Uh, I think ten or twelve pages out of the out of the United States Code of United States. Mm-hmm. Uh, hold on one second. This is very interesting. Uh, Let me find it. Take your time. I do have a question, though, for for the other young lady. Um, when, with the name change, did you guys put the original full faith and credit and whatever else in there? Yeah. The, you did. Okay. So That's I would have how to, you get the full faith and credit, and you attach a deed pole dock on it. Yeah, I don't know what that is yet. On the back of the deed pole, that's the back of John Carey's. He's stealing it, right? Yeah, you... And then the back of the deed poll on the last page, you write on the back. Um, I'll pull it up for you. You're supposed to put um, with full faith and credit, uh, payable to the United States Treasury for all debts, public and private, and to release all matters held in advance. Without recourse, per 1295 USC 12. I thought it was just paying to without recourse. Yeah, without recourse, and um, that is not written on the back of the birth certificate. It is written on the back of the of the cream-colored paper that they seal it with. Oh, so yes. the, full, the one from Kerry. Yeah, the one from Kerry. Oh, see, that wasn't in the other uh, other calling. See, we get more information as, as we speak, so that's great. So you put paid to the order of, in quotes, to the United States of America without recourse. Now, my question is, do you sign it and date it? Or do you just put that in there? Uh, yeah, without recourse. Mm-hmm. You got to sign and date it, so they'll know that it's you that's given them this document. So you do sign and date. You're returning it back to them as a living adult with full faith and recourse. Now, a question a, a friend of mine has: she she wants to know is if we have the full faith and credit of our parents' death certificates, could we not go into probate and probate their trust? After this, yeah, you have to do your own trust, and then you take those documents 
and place them into the trust, right? Now, when you say trust, what do you mean by trust? You have to create a trust, a pure equitable oh. trust. Okay, equitable trust. Okay, I understand. Well, and but 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 would I not take that full faith and credit and do the same thing and then and then probate my father and mother's estate after they passed? Yeah. Okay. You have up to ten years to do that. Yes, sir. Yeah, I heard that on your last call. Yeah, we th- we heard three, so I'm glad you said ten. Is there somewhere where it says ten, or is it just something? I've read so much stuff myself, I couldn't I know, point to the one particular thing. I, I'm sure Southern may know. But but because my my concern was, should we do it after we do our name change? Um, but the, the other parts of it. Or like I would said, recommend doing. I'd recommend doing it after you do your name change. Yeah, and then and then go in as a civilian, like she said, maybe mm-hmm. as well. Because because it's not being signed by a name that is owned and controlled by. The state it's only controlled by you right understand that and let me add something else into what i heard you guys talking about earlier um when you're looking at your first middle and last name everything i'm finding is saying that the state has patented your last name yeah your first your first and middle name those those are yours it's that last name that they've patented. That's why when you see some people like myself, when I sign things, you know, I'll sign it um, um, hyphen my middle name and then um, colon my last name. Colon's a full stop. Yeah, I heard that too, that they got the last name and that even the middle name you shouldn't use. You should just do the, you know, first and then like the middle, but hyphenate it all as one. Right. Yeah, but, yeah, but first, first and middle. I also heard another guy said he never even referred to it as a first name, middle name, or last name. He would always just say, I have one given appellation. And then he would say name, hyphen, name, you know. Right. There's what different ways everybody's doing it. And I, I had a question for you guys as well. To go back to, this is on the same topic, but it goes back to a previous topic, talking about the automobile and the uh, title for the car because we never receive the title for the car we receive a certificate of the title that original title the mco or mso that goes from the dealership straight to the department of transportation who is somebody else that you need to send the certificate of live birth to anyway i had an idea that why couldn't you get an authentication of your certificate of title done and then file that as a counter deed as well. If I shut this off, the whole thing goes down. You can probably do that. Um, what I was about to say is, uh, out there on legal deception, uh, there is 11 pages of definitions of United States out there for you guys, uh, including the one of a corporation, and the rest of them, uh, you might want to look them up. They're describing a land mass. Okay? We're listening. Are you there? Right, we hear you. Lose everybody. 
I hear you fine. Maybe he lost his call again. I know the description of landmass for Canada is very interesting as well. Okay, so are are, are we not one country now because of supposedly what Bush did with, with Mexico and us and Canada? So isn't that something else that we have to consider as well? I don't doubt it. The, the treaty? I can't remember what it was, but... So did we lose everybody? No, I'm still here. I'm still here. Oh. Huh. Oh, okay. We're listening. I'm here. Oh, all right. It's, uh, I, we have have a I have a question. Uh, the two ladies that you were talking about, did they not have a V behind their... Um, their name at the Social Security Administration or the Social Security yeah. number. Right, they're they're waiting, and uh, they're waiting for the decree. So okay, so she didn't have a decree, but she was saying her bills did not stop, but she didn't, she hadn't she still don't have her decree. Right. So maybe that's why the bills haven't stopped because she has she don't have a decree to. Well, she has a decree now, but she said that it's been two to three weeks, and they're still sending her the application. So I said, "Well, I got with the other girl, and she said, yeah, here's the rules. It says that once you do this, you got to take that document now and put it into the federal registry." Okay, but before she found that out, did she send it out to the custodians? for the um, record change. Yeah, and, it, and it, they took it. And we, they wouldn't do it in Broward. They took it in another county. Okay. So, so did she send uh, the to Social Security, though? Did she uh, get her... Social Security. Did uh, she get her she card turned, with the V on it? No. She went to the long office. Oh, okay. Uh, we've been on here almost three hours, and I can tell you she wolf's getting tired. Uh, she sounds like she is. Yeah, she yeah, does. I'm, yeah, well, I'm past my bedtime, but um, well, we're, we're tomorrow. Mm-hmm. I'll be posting up a lot of stuff that we talked about tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, I just hope that you guys are there. It was good information. Very good information tonight. You know what, guys? It's great information all the time, and Southern uh, brings forward some info from the, the military manuals, which I am totally all about. Everything is following under the Libra code, and people don't realize it. If you read it, it'll explain to you what's really going on today, and you guys are really doing an awesome job bringing this information forward, and I wish more people were paying attention to your calls. Really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Well, we try to keep it as... Um, we try to keep it as much as layman and in in simple and the simplest format as possible so that you get a basic understanding of what is trying to be done here. Like now we're on stage two because most of you have those birth certificates authenticated. So now we have to march you into the next step, which is to the courts. Yeah, and, and pretty quick too. Yeah, whoever's ready, you just need to... By the way, no. you guys, uh-huh. 
and I want to clarify something for the readers as well, or I mean, I mean the listeners, um, is, okay, you said that, that uh, Jubilee started December 8th. Is that correct? That's what yeah, I said. I, I... Go ahead. That's what we're hearing, that we don't know if it's oh, true or not. Okay, because okay. Um, I was thinking September 13th, but I, I don't, you know. So my, my my question is, when does it end? Do you know Do you know that? Because somebody had mentioned, uh, you guys mentioned that. One whole, year. <laughs> one year. One year. Okay. Okay. All right. So. Uh, listen, what, the books you guys need are those two books that we've talked about tonight. Yes, sir. And. And, and you need to look up 27-10 Army Field Men. That's got a lot of good info in it, okay? And it, it talks about a lot of good stuff in there, okay? Oh. And I will post, repost out there tomorrow the, the laws of war that you need to start studying. Okay. All right? There's like seven of them, okay? The, in each one of them, I've got some stuff redded and highlighted and stuff. That's interesting stuff. Okay. Especially uh, the next week, we're going to start getting into those things, how to use them. Okay. Well, one other question before we leave, because I know you guys are all tired. When you do your name change, the, the couple of people who have done it, and they had a court date, do they have to go into the court date? Like, Just something, is the name change done automatically? No, you have to go to court. Okay, that's all I wanted to know. Okay, mm-hmm. I just want to make sure. have to write a decree. <laughs> she Wolf, I've got a question uh-huh. for you. One last question. Uh-huh. This is Mike. I know I talked to you last week, and a friend of mine called you, and he was wanting to contact information. You told him about a guy named G Pen, uh-huh. and he was contact information for G Pen. Can you email him that information? Okay. He's on legal deception, though. Oh, it is? Yeah, he's on it. His name is um, G. Penn. He's a, he's a pastor, but he's right there in Lamar County. Okay, so here's contact information. Is if I, if I go on uh, the Facebook page, is that where I go? Mm-hmm. Yeah, legal deception. Okay, and his contact information is on that page. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my friend only lives about an hour from him. Oh, you guys should gather together every week and do, I mean, I know everybody has to work, but, you know, try to spend time to get a lesson with each other. Right, that's I what we want. I try to tell people, you know, you need to work together, you know, not the way these TVs operate. Everyone is isolated from humanity. And you guys can wouldn't believe how many good ideas you could share. I, that's what we was planning on doing is getting together and you know do each one of these documents and then come back on and share the information we of, of the steps that we did and if we ran into any kind of resistance. Right. Mm-hmm. If you're savvy and you speak to them, they. They don't have no choice but to try to comply with you, or you can write them up for non-compliance. Along with that same uh, idea as what the the caller is on, I just want to mention, this is Brian from Tactical Sovereignty again. 
Uh, I would love, she will, um, I probably know you by under her name, but I'd love, uh, especially a Southern command to get a hold of me. I'd love to have a conversation with him about a few things. Uh, you, uh, David Randall. Okay, David. Yeah, I know who you are then. Never mind. (laughs) 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 I've got your name written up here on my glass board right now, as a matter of fact. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, I had a guy, I'm not going to mention no names, but he's more than one of them, two years ago tell me I was a uh, blooming idiot for what I was trying to put out. And he didn't want no part of it. All right, that same guy is following us today. All right, he's one of the master gurus. <laughs> with a codes and statutes. Cause he, if you, hey, I'll tell you the same thing I tell everybody. If you can rebut what I'm putting out and show me where it's wrong, I'm all ears, people. That's where I am, too. But nobody's That's where I am, so too. If I'm, if I'm wrong, if I'm putting up bad info, hey, correct me. Hey, we're all in this team. We're all in this together. You know, we're all trying to help each other, you know, go down this journey, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. <laughs> like I say, you just, when the officer pulls you over, do not answer their questions because you're not in court at that place. You know, they're supposed to read you your Miranda lights, but... And you know what, she Wolf, that, that brings me to something else that I was thinking about when uh, you were talking earlier, is that when they write a ticket to people, okay, uh-huh. and you have to respond within 30 days, okay, uh-huh. people think that, oh, I've got 30 days to pay this ticket. Wait no, a minute. what the deal? First thing you do on that ticket is vicocious, V.C.last name. You sign it under the rest. I started that. You're exactly right. VC is what I would write. Okay. But here in Florida, they don't even, where I'm at anyway, down here in Florida, they don't even have you sign the tickets anymore. In fact, they don't even write me tickets anymore. I've been pulled over five times now in the last eight months, and they just hand me my license back and tell me to have a good day. Well, I'm going to let you know a secret. You sitting down? They probably are still tapping into his account, even though they don't have to have a signature now, because everything's done electronically, even the signature. Well, those are patents as well. If you follow uh, Ken Dust, he's found that they've uh, patented uh, the electronic signatures and everything. It's ridiculous, for, right. and that's with mortgages especially. Right. So when we do this procedure, will we be able to block that copyright and trademark that they think they have? The name. Well, I don't think they're getting into the accounts anymore. I well, what it. happens is is that um, according to the uh, SOS, you have a right to demand from them how they're using that name. Is that the forensic the accounting, ma'am? Mm-hmm. The what? Is that the forensic accounting when you go into pr- probate? Yep. Yeah, you go in there, but you know how you have a case open, right? You, you can go right in the middle and say, well, this is uh, was given to me and paid for by me for my private use. I want to know how you're using it. Are you registered to use that name? Are you my master? Here's, a, <laughs> here's, the, thing, here's the thing I wanted to explain when, you know, it says on there you have 30 days. 
is that mm-hmm. what that is telling you, you have to go back, we have to go back to our original knowledge that we already know, is that everything mm-hmm. is a notice, okay? Everything right. is a notice to contract. They're wanting mm-hmm. to contract, and we've got 30 days to get back in touch with them. You know what? Right off the get the next day, you go ahead and you say, okay, I'll talk to you then if that's what you want, and you shoot them off a letter and mm-hmm. say, you know, here is my notice. You want to contract with me? Okay, these are the things I request from you. Like the caller said, I want your forensic accounting. Mm-hmm. What authority do you have? I wouldn't use the word jurisdiction because that can get you into, that sends up red flags. But you ask them, you know, under what authorities you have to use um, the lights. This was not a felony stop. Okay. Isn't it? Isn't it and you ask them multiple questions that they're not able to answer. They're not used to people doing this, even though this is intentionally what you were supposed to do. So true. That's so true. I did that well, the other day. That's very uh, true. I did that the other day, and they, I asked them a bunch of questions, and they just stood there with a blank look on their face and just didn't even say anything. But you do it in writing, and you send it to them, registered um, mm-hmm. signature, return receipt copy, so you can prove that you sent it to them. And then what you do when you don't hear anything back, you give them their 20 days. When you don't hear anything mm-hmm. back, immediately, the 21st day, you shoot them off another letter saying, you are now in default and you are now in dishonor. I've asked you to back up these, this notice and you are so far unable to. I will give you another 10 days to do it. Okay, a couple of well, things. One, one is not make a suggestion here? Isn't it three days, sir? Truth and Lending Act? Three days you have to respond? Yeah, that's why I said the next day, boom, send that right off to them. Now, I'll tell you another thing, guys, and, and someone already proved it to me, is put your scan your registered mail stickers on your letters front and back as well. Please do that. Yep. If you ever go into court, you can say that it was, not only did they receive it, but it was on the paperwork. Please do that, all your listeners. We've already proven uh-huh. it. It's on the paperwork, and this is what was sent. I'll tell you a little secret. When you sign that by coaches, you might, instead of playing that game, you pull up, you, you write up a document the next morning, all right, notify the, the uh, chief of police, whoever it is, and the courts, the head judge of terrorist activity, all right, because you're now a civilian. You fall under uh, 802 of the Patriot Act. Intimidation and coercion of a civilian is now an act of domestic terrorism. Oh boy! You all oh you boy! All, <laughs> oh boy! <laughs> and you also don't assume that they're in violation of the laws of war, all right, for for harming a citizen, a, a civilian. And uh, next week I'll pull it up. I might even put out parts of my military doc where they are liable for damages. Treaty in 1899. Hold on one second. Let me see if I can pull this up right quick. And this will be the end of it tonight. And no, I, got, I got one more question for you, Southern. You hit on something real strong. So after you pull it up, I'll ask you one final question and we'll sign off. Okay. I'll go ahead and give you my question. I was in the Air Force and got damaged. I got experimental vaccination. It paralyzed my muscles. 
those rascals won't pay me but 10%, uh, even though my doctors say I'm 100%, and this has been going on for 30 years, they will not give me, you know, my money. And I've had congressmen and senators helping me, saying I've been done wrong, and it's just like nothing I can do. They just won't help me. You know, yeah, yeah, tried suing them for breach of contract? Uh, I haven't done that. That's the only thing I kind of hadn't done. Or, and going as a civilian now. <laughs> Try that. Yeah. You, you know, so... so Do an order. You know, since they owe me damages, how can, <laughs> how how should I pursue this? You know, you you got to go to the VA, okay, or the Air Force. What do I say to those rascals? Now that I'm a civilian and you damaged me, here's the procedure. If you don't do this, you're you're participating in in war of aggression against me. Mm. Well, unfortunately, I mean, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. They have a bad habit just ignoring most of us. Uh, Ninety. Yes, it is. Even when my congressman and senator sends them letters and tells them to help this man, he deserves it. They still just ignore it. Mm-hmm. Well, like, right. like, like, like they were saying earlier, you know, the lady was saying, put in an order. Yeah. Who and and what good is it going to do? See, and from what position? Because I'll tell you, from being a disabled veteran, we have zero power. If a congressman can't do anything and a senator can't do anything, and you know, it's me as a damaged veteran can't get anywhere. You know, maybe if I come back as a civilian, maybe that's the position I need to be at. Well, I'm going to hit you with this. And then we I'm wondering, go. after you leave the uh, military, don't they automatically put you back into the civilian population? Nope. Hmm. Did you no, know that? Like, is your own call? Because hey, I know hey, my my hey, buddy says when that you, they declare you the civilian. Look here. When you leave the military, they don't. Mm-hmm. All they do is they say you're 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 authorized to leave your post. See, you're still mm-hmm. military. You're just not there signed up for work. You're like on vacation. Hmm. Yeah, because we're all, we're all in the militia. Now, you guys want to no, see... No, but my policy? thing is, isn't there something they can sign? You know what? Let me ask Richard, who was in the Marines. He says that once he finished his his duties, that they made him sign a paper and saying that now he is a part of the civilian population. Marines, uh, I don't know about that one. You can always okay. Go ahead, sir. What were you going to come? I'm going to read. The, I'm going to read this one sentence. This is laws and customs of war on land. A convention for October 18th, 1907. Okay. Entered into force 26th of January 1910. This is a treaty, ladies and gentlemen. You ready for this? Article 3. A belligerent party which violates the provisions of said regulation shall, if the case demands, be liable to pay compensation. It shall be responsible for all acts committed by persons forming part of its armed forces. You want me to read it again? Don't we all fall under that then if we've been damaged by the military? Yeah. The present convention, this is Article 4. Haven't we all been damaged out of the military? What do you think's happening? 
in the county and all of this procedures. It's all military. Mm-hmm. See, they don't want you. This is what. This is really. Let me explain something to you real quick, because I know she will start. They never wanted you guys to find this stuff out. Three reasons. All right. Number one. All right. As a civilian, you get to tell the military what to do. Number two. They have to protect the civilians. You notice they never ever go after any of these criminals sitting in these courts and stuff. Well, I'm not even them now. All right. And three, we get to tell them what to do. Well, I was right. also thinking about um, when they come in. See, I was trying to get our military to see, which is so important. We're not against the military. Not at all. We're just against that, you know, they send you guys off to fight in foreign lands, right? And, you know, you don't have to tell me what you did over there. We all know what's going on over there on the other side of the world or wherever they send you, right? But when you come home, they treat you like the scum of the earth, especially if you're injured. I mean... I, a lot of people can't deny it. I found military men with their legs blown off, their arms blown off, and sleeping in cars. And in the position I worked with the county before, I used to work with the homeless. And I would ask them, um, hey, do you want to get a room for the night? It's really cold out, and we have a freeze warning, and you're injured, you know, you don't have no legs. And I really don't think it's appropriate that you be out in your car in this weather. You just had your legs amputated. You know what they told me? They could not accept services by the civilian population until they were released from duty. Oh, I think that's crazy because um, then how are you out here in this truck I didn't know the military would leave you sleeping out here in a truck when you just had your legs amputated, um, arms amputated. Some people, I don't know, they had eye injuries. Some of them were band-aided with eye injuries. And um, they're saying something about they have to go to their uh, commander or something like that to get uh, released from the Hello? Yeah, we're here. That's something. But my thing, which burned me up with our military, which I'm not angry with them. You know, everybody has to have a military to protect the country. But if you've not noticed, they keep sending these men out to tours of duty to destroy other countries. And then they do these contract killings. You know, and I'm looking at it like, do these men know that they're being ordered to kill by a license to kill? And they think... We're also told the the bad guy is not... But in reality, it's not really the bad guy, see? Because I talked to a sniper, a Marine sniper, Uh and Mm -hmm. he was going down in South America, different places, and he thought he was killing these people that are supposed to be... uh, people that are drug runners, you know, kingpins, that kind of thing. Yeah, 
he would be out hid in the woods. He said he'd be out there for two months on his own. Wow. Wow. He could survive like that and be hid under the wood, you know, like say some brush or something. You could walk yeah. in him and you wouldn't even know you're, he's there. He could hold his breath. Dogs can't sense him nothing, you know, because he, he puts like a special scent on him, you know, all this mm-hmm. stuff. The space age, what all he knew, he had to go all kinds yeah. of schools. And he figured it out, though, that, that he was murdering the wrong people. And when he tried to get out, he had to stay underground and stay hid because, you know, he knew too much. So he, mm-hmm. he had a new name and identity and stay underground. But he told me all of that. And it, it was like amazing around the world where he's went and seen all kinds of stuff. And it, it's corrupt, all this is. What he said, yeah, like, this is what's I going say, on. Uh, here's, here's I love I, our soldiers. We need them. Here's what he said he was doing: is anybody that comes up trying to come up with their own currency, you know, like say another mm-hmm. government is not using the dollar or the pound mm-hmm. or the euro or something mm-hmm. like that, okay? Because they do that. That's who they're mm-hmm. taking. Out. That is what all this is about: is nobody can have their own form of, you know, buying something. In other words, everybody's right. got to bow down to the system. And and mm-hmm. you have to get your money through the banks, the world banks. You can't open your right. own system. Yeah, two things. That that was why they killed Gaddafi off, and the other one was um, all snipers from the military are on the terrorist list. Yep. Sorry, but you know it's sad because you know our military men, unfortunately, they're being used, abused, and discarded afterwards. Um, once you come home injured I don't care how many purple stars they give you this is an old tactic used by the magicians of ancient time and what they do is they elevate your spirit right so you could feel important even though what they're really doing is sending you to your death every time they send you out to um, a tour of duty and unfortunately, they send men because men are not created like women. It is much more easier to round up a group of men to go and kill without asking questions than it would be a woman because women are very analytical. They think things over, like, why are we going to do this? Why? What is the purpose of this? What is the overall outcome of all this? What is the goal here? And then you know what happens? women drop out of the military because, see, they they train the men to be kill or be killed when they go out there, that men lose their sensitivity and they begin raping some of the women in the military or um, uh, (laughs) now they say they got gays in the military and, uh, you know, just basically I feel sorry for our men and, you know, I just don't like the way our military is being run because they spread you guys out so thin across the world that who is going to take care of we the people here if our military is spread so thin and we get attacked and we get invaded, all of the work that you guys have learned, all of the technology and the intelligence is being used by these bankers to destroy other countries. I, I'm like, I understand where you people are coming from, but... All it boils you, down is that we're keeping this bank 
banking system propped up. The military is all the military. Mm-hmm. All exactly. Of and the stock you know what? You know what? If if you take a look at the countries, this is Brian again. If if you were mm-hmm. not part of the International Monetary Fund, the IMF, which is also the Federal Reserve, right. if you take a look at the countries that were not involved in them ten years mm-hmm. ago compared to now. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there was only like uh, 10 or 12 major countries 10 years ago that were not part of the IMF, and now mm-hmm. it's down to three. Those countries that wow. weren't involved before are like Afghanistan and Iraq mm-hmm. and some of those countries over there that we went over and invaded. What do you think exactly. we really went there for? It had nothing to do with oil. And you well, look at the countries saying, right like, now, the, the last three countries that... The, yeah, the last three countries that aren't part of the IMF now because China is part of it. Mm-hmm. The last three countries is Cuba, um, Iran, North, Korea. North Korea, and Iran. And who are we having problems with and trying to make friends with? Yep, Iran and North Korea. There you go. Yep. Yeah, and, and, and but you, know, you do know that Cuba is owned by the United States. did not know that. Yeah, they, they were bought at the same time as Puerto Rico. Puerto Rico ain't doing so good. <laughs> I don't know that because um, uh, I saw, like, the treaty, and they acquired Puerto Rico, Cuba, and part of uh, Florida at the same time. But Cuba, uh, Cuba is still not an IMF-controlled country. I don't even know what their financial circumstances are at this moment, but I would like to know how they became a communist-powered country when the United States owned it. I think the United States is more communist than the people realize. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're really, really uh, sneaky. They had all these people crossing the island saying, you know, for their safety, right? But... United States, you own that island. Why did you let that happen? Well, then didn't they own Guam at one time and they sold that as well, right? Didn't they sell Guam? But, yeah. Uh, I'm not sure uh, if they sold Guam, but I know that they're still insular states. They're not a state yet, so they're called insular states. And uh, they're not even attempting to make Puerto Rico a state because, you know, that has central headquarters of IRS is over there. Right, right. Uh, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, I'm learning how to battery on my phone here. I am too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's give it a call for the night. You want to? Thank and you. We'll back. Thank you. Yeah, let's You're wrap welcome. it up, Southern. Thanks, brother. All right, if you want to get in touch with me on Facebook, you know how to do it. Yeah, we'll yeah, and I will be. Yeah, and be looking out for our post tomorrow. Thank you. You guys have a great night morning. You too now, and be blessed. Be safe and right. be blessed. Hey, and don't let anyone right, brainwash you guys again, okay? Just do. Watch, just be aware of the brainwashers. Yes, ma'am. Okay. Good night, everybody. Watch your books, books, because that's where it is telling you what's going on. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, well, uh, all righty. We'll be hearing you next week, too. <laughs> all right. All right. Good night. Sleep tight, and don't let the bed bugs. Bye. Be blessed. Have a good one. Bye. Bye.
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.